30 years ago, aliens arrive on Earth, not to conquer or give aid, but to find refuge from their dying planet. Separated from humans in a South African area called District 9, the aliens are managed by Multinational United, which is unconcerned with the aliens' welfare, but will do anything to master their advanced technology. When a company-filled agent named Wickus contracts a mysterious virus that begins to alter his DNA, there is only one place he can hide, District 9. Welcome to another feature presentation of Midnight Double Feature, and on this episode, we'll be covering 2009's District 9, directed by Neil Blancoff. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Midnight Double Feature. This is a feature presentation of District 9. How you doing, Colin? I'm doing well, buddy. How are you doing? I'm good, dude. I'm kind of wondering which one of us is going to be first to attempt an accent today. <laughs> uh, probably you. You sound way fucking more like these people. I can't pull <laughs> these people. Yeah. Whoa, you people. Whoa. You people. <laughs> I, uh, I, dude. I'm not even going to attempt to do an accent, man. Like <laughs> that's that's not that's not my game. I, I will. There will be one point where I just like I won't be able to to, to resist. But yeah, we'll get to that <laughs> when we get to it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us again uh, on this episode of District Nine. Like I said, this is a feature presentation episode, so we're going to go through the movie sequentially. We're going to uh, talk shit about it we're gonna talk about the themes talk about what we like what we don't like um but in order to do that we need to spoil the movie so if you haven't seen district nine get the fuck out and then come right back because uh you want to see this before we spoil the fuck out of it so um yeah also, we're going to be swearing. If you haven't, if you haven't realized, we we we, we have we have some pretty pretty crazy potty mouths. So uh, yeah, uh, and if you aren't already, please follow us on our socials. Uh, we have two pages on Facebook. So we have our main page, which is Midnight Double Feature, and then we have our Facebook group, which is called uh, the After Party, and that's where all of our community comes together to talk about movies, talk about what we love, um, and just kind of like you know, just talking shit. You know, there's memes, news, and teasers of what's to come here on Midnight Double Feature, so go check it out if you're not already. Uh, we're also on Instagram, uh, which is at Midnight Double Feature, and Twitter, which is at MDF Pod. Uh, and please rate and review us on iTunes. We would love to get that kind of feedback, so for sure do that. Um, all right, man. That's the housekeeping out of the way. Uh, all right, Colin, you had not seen this movie. This was my pick. Yeah, no, I've... This was kind of always on a list of stuff that I've... I've been meaning to check out, but just never got around to it. Uh, I knew it was going to be something that was right up my alley. Um, you know, aliens and it gets it's it's super realistic. It's based in, you know, the, the reality uh, of things and like how this would actually get like the logistics of how something like this would work. And that's that's what I think is so interesting about it. Like, I mean, it's it's not exactly how it would be in real life. You know, obviously it's a movie, but but there's so much stuff about it, like the things that you <clears throat> the things that you wouldn't think about that that the that the prawn or that the you know the the people of South Africa like have to deal with and how, how the relationships between the two of them. But I fucking love this movie. I think it's great. I, I like as soon as I probably about oh halfway to two thirds of the way through it, I was just like, holy shit. Like this, this is shot up very, very, very fucking far on my list of, of just, <clears throat> of just regular sci-fi of, of just, yeah. of just, you know, just movies. I mean, definitely cracks like my top 50, if not my, like my top 30. Like it, I've it, been, I've been trying to coax out of you what you think of this movie and that, that just 
mate. Put a fucking smile on my face, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, off air, so I was like, so what do you think of District 9? It's like, we don't fucking talk about the shit before we get on here. You know that. Um, uh, two rules. We don't talk. What happens What happens outside of MDF stays outside of MDF, and we're always freshly squeezed. Um, always. But uh, but no, I, I fucking love this. I've actually, I haven't really seen a lot of Neil Blomkamp, Blomkamp, whatever you want to call it. I haven't seen a lot of his movies. I think this actually might be the first one of his that I've seen. Um, I haven't. I haven't. He seen only Ch- has three. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen Chappie or Elysium. I, I never saw him. Um, I need to. I, after seeing this, I'm like, cool. Um, this guy's also in line to fucking helm goddamn RoboCop. He, I knew you'd bring that up. Oh, dude. <laughs> well, because like he was in line to do like Halo and and a, and a bunch of stuff. Like he's kind yeah. of he's we kind can of get into that. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of like a Peter Jackson Jackson sci fi kind of like darling. Like he was, you know, he's kind of. Um, I don't know. I feel like where Guillermo del Toro kind of took Andy Muschietti like under his wing, and you know, he's at Mama and it. That's kind of like Peter Jackson's done the same thing with Neil Blomkamp, and I'm like, dude, I, I fucking. Love this movie. I think it does such a great job of of uh, being low budget and at the same time having a high concept. Those those are, I mean, like usually the greatest movies. The stuff that's low low budget and high concept because they're like our idea is enough. Our performances will be enough. The the our story is strong enough that we don't need a four hundred million dollar budget to pull this off. And it's it's just that I'm noticing people these movies that are being made with these higher budgets and kind of lower concept movies, yeah, they kind of get by and they make their money back, but they're they're very forgettable. And there's there's nothing I can compare District 9 to. There's there's very, very, very little that comes to mind. Um, and that's something I always look for when I watch these movies. I'm sure if you listen to the show enough, you hear me say that because it's, when I'm watching something and, you know, uh, it reminds me of something else, you know, it, it kind of loses the shine a little bit. And and that does not happen with District 9. There's nothing about it that, that makes me think of something else. Um, I think the way that the like I said, the community, how it reacts to the prawns, how the prawns are are treated, they're, they're so. I mean, God, the allegory goes on for days. You can talk about civil rights in America. You can talk about African Americans. You can talk about Jewish people in World War II. Um, and not, and I mean, not to. Well, think about uh, South Africa right. as a whole, right? Apartheid. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's actually. Um, I and mean, we'll get into it later. Like some of the real life basis for this story um but i just i just think that it's such a fantastic job especially with with uh with wilkes and making wickes wickes god damn it wickes you people and your fucking names <laughs> wilkins yeah wilkes well, i said wilkes and i was like what is it melkus milk dick milk dick there we go um, hey dickus <laughs> <laughs> but i um i think they do such a great job with with him he is an insanely fleshed out character he's so three-dimensional he he's got this side that you're like oh this is dorky goofy looking sweet guy and you're like uh this guy's a goddamn monster like as, right. as you go farther down you're like what in the fuck and and that's what's so crazy about it is the um i, I will say the only thing that i i had some negatives about um where I wish they showed not just South Africa, but the rest of the world and how they were kind of dealing mm-hmm. with this. I'd love to see what the U.S. thinks of this. I'd love to see what Russia and U.K. Uh, I mean, we're talking about a global event that takes place in none of the superpowers, which is crazy. It's it's very cool at the same time. Um, 
Because, like, you know, Independence Day, um, you know, uh, like uh, Close Encounters of a Third Kind, everything happens in the U.S. All these movies always happen in the U.S. So it's it's nice to actually see. I mean, I couldn't even call us an alien invasion. You know, it's not an invasion. It's just a the only thing this mildly reminds me of is Arrival. Um, and it's. It, yeah, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Right. Well, it's just you have these kind of. I guess benevolent, like uh, yeah, benevolent. I always get malevolent, benevolent. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but you have these benevolent kind of just like, hey, we're here. We're not here to fuck with you, and, and inevitably somebody will be there to 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 strike back. You know, the ultimately we want to be the ones to throw the first punch, kind of thing. Um, just that kind of right. There's you, that element of paranoia about it, right? I've, um, there was actually uh, a, there was actually a, a song that uh, like my my bandmates and I were writing, and um. And it was uh, what was the line? Um, the sum of all fear is the edge of the universe. Like the edge of the universe, something you don't know. And the the sum of all fear is you you always fear what you don't understand. And that's the, I've I've always thought that that's so true about anything, especially when it comes to something like this. Uh, I think it's just you have that natural caveman kind of. You know, you see something with tentacles and legs and running fast. Like, ah, like it's just your immediate gut reaction. Why we hate spiders and snakes and 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 you know, even like you know, like centipedes and millipedes. That shit makes my fucking skin crawl. I hate them. Um, but I, I I I think it's a natural reaction to seeing them. But at the same time, like that's just, that's about as far as you can justify it. Then after that, you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, like like why are these be- people being treated like th- you know this poorly? And the fact that they're able to like get away with it, it's like, what the fuck is going on? Um, but all in all, I I really really love this. I it's a shame I didn't buy it. I just rented it, and I was like, motherfucker, I wish I would have bought this. Um, <laughs> I I think it's just great. And if this is the guy who's going to take up, you know, fuck them for not ever letting him do a Halo movie for whatever reason. And I pray to God this is the guy who gets a hold of RoboCop. I really fucking do. Uh, because if this is what he can do with like a mockumentary faux docu doco kind of thing, then I can't imagine. I mean, I need to see Elysium and Chappie, but like I can't imagine what his like film films look like, where it's not this found footage, like half of a found footage kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, what what did you what what are your thoughts on this? Like, what's your history with this? Like, when did you first see this? I've um yeah, uh, my history on this is kind of extensive actually. So. Um, I had been following the Halo uh, adaptation for a very long time. I remember, man, as a kid, like I was just like Googling that shit. I was like, when is the Halo movie going to come out? <laughs> and I remember Peter Jackson's name has been like had been attached to that shit for ages, dude. I remember being like, uh, I remember being like, oh, man, we're going to get a Halo movie soon. We're going to get a Halo movie soon. And I was in like the fucking eighth grade, dude. Like I was I remember that shit. I remember Googling it. I just remember telling my friends there's a Halo movie on the horizon. You know, don't worry. It's fucking coming. It's fucking coming. Um, and it just it never materialized. Like it never became a thing. Uh, eventually, uh, you know, they couldn't get the funding that they needed because, I mean, obviously, dude, a Halo movie, you would need a fucking budget for that shit, man. Um <clears throat> So I remember when this project was announced. I remember when District 9, I remember seeing the first trailer and I remember Googling it and seeing that it had come out of the remnants of the Halo, the defunct Halo movie. Um, I remember there being theories online that this was secretly a Halo movie. (laughs) Like that sounds stupid now. Um, But I, I I just remember there being, because I mean, 
Look at the prawn. Like the prawn aren't. I mean, sure they they look like you know how they look like they with the tentacles and shit, but they don't look that far from the flood mixed with like the elite. Like right, I was yeah, the covenant. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Exactly, and then you've got you know the spaceship. Like you know, sure, it's no, it does, it's not a fucking ring, uh, and it doesn't look like a pelican dropship or anything. But like, it's still, it's still majorly science fiction. And it's still Peter Jackson, and like I remember Neil Blomkamp's name coming up. I just, I just remember there being this strong feeling that this could have been a secret Halo movie, um, but it wasn't. <laughs> uh, but. Honestly, I am glad with what we got, man. Like, I remember watching this in 09. Um, I didn't watch it at the movies. I think I was... I think I was 15. So, or, or I was just under. Maybe not. Maybe maybe I was 16. But I remember... Um, because it's rated MA here. So, MA is the age restriction. So, that's 15. Um, and we couldn't... There was a movie that we weren't allowed to see. It might have been this one. I can't remember. I think I think I had... But yeah, anyway, whatever. I couldn't, I didn't have the disposable income that I do now. I couldn't just go to the movies and watch it. Um, I ended up fucking pirating it, just watching it online and shit. You were fucking <laughs> mad. I, yeah, I know, I know. I, I just, I remember doing that. But like, I remember telling my friends how fucking incredible this movie was. And they just didn't see it. They just didn't see like how like they didn't appreciate like how good it was and i was just like am i the only one seeing this shit like am i the only one in my fucking circle of friends that is like this this movie is kind of something else and something that's totally unique and something that we haven't seen before because like uh, watching it now dude it still is and you mentioned it without saying the word unique it still is unique as fuck man like science fiction and more specifically aliens in the science fiction genre has been done to death like it's been fucking done like you know you can pretty much every kind of conceivable story that you can do with aliens has been done um until i saw arrival because like that shit was like another unique take on on, on aliens um <clears throat> but this the, the way they did this this kind of mockumentary sort of take on it this sort of like civil rights thing that they have going on i was like i have never seen anything like this before like i mean it's kind of like that civil rights part of <laughs> it's not really civil rights it's more about kids looking after him but the et element like that kind of stuff um i don't know man like this this movie just fucking blew me away um when i saw it and i was just i wrote a paper about it in year 12 <laughs> oh wow um yeah, yeah. I mean, because you're supposed to write a like you have an assignment, and like the curriculum um, in English uh, all across the state was um, you have to write about um, a piece of literature, literature or media or film or something um, as as it relates to the theme of belonging. Um, so I remember writing my fucking paper of belong on belonging about this. So. Uh, I can't remember what the fucking details of that paper were. I'm sure it was dog shit, but whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I remember this being nominated for an Oscar. I remember it losing to The Hurt Locker, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. And I just remember being like, I just remember being like, oh, okay, <laughs> fine. I mean, like, I don't, I'm not a big fan of The Hurt Locker, but whatever. Uh, and then, yeah, man, fucking Neil Blomkamp just totally shot to the top of my radar, man. Like, I was just like, holy shit, I want to see what else this guy does. Because by by the time he had directed this, he had put out three short films of the Halo. Of Halo. It's called Halo Landfall. Um, yeah. I recommend Googling it. It they're, looks incredible. Yeah, they're awesome, dude. I remember when those they're came f- out and it was yeah. like, uh, Halo movie? What the fuck? 
That's what I'm saying. Like it was so it was so totally doable and it looks incredible. But like hey, you know what? We can we can we can talk a little briefly about like what we like what like what we wanted a Halo movie because I think a Halo movie would be tough to pull off. Like I mean, you have this like lead protagonist who barely says a word with his helmet on all the fucking time. Like that's going to be pretty tough. I mean, sure you can do dread like dread dread leaves his helmet on but at least he talks you know i don't i don't know well i think i feel like in the later halo games they really circuit in a match or chief they let him they let him start talking a lot more um okay <clears throat> i well especially in 5 uh well no 6 6 hasn't even come out um <coughs> oh excuse me um but i think like what i would want in halo i don't know because it's like do you do you go back and you try to tackle a movie from something in the first original trilogy of games, like the the ones that the Bungie I think you were doing? Do. Yeah, see, I, that's- I think you do because, like, I mean, we live in a world of nostalgia, right? So it, I think it'll be pretty dumb not to do that. Well, yeah, and that's what I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. You know, hey, why don't we just start with humans fighting? You know, the uh, the Covenant, just like Halo's, you know, kind of been. And then the real big bad can come in as like the flood because they, I mean, and that was just so great. Even in the first game, you already had the covenant, which were a really crazy, you know, enemy. And that was a lot of fun. But then all of a sudden you've got these like, like the antithesis of the covenant, these like scattered hive mind, like no loyalty, like 28 days later, rage fucking zombies. There's no, like there's, there's no structure. There's no ranking. It's, it's just, it is what it is. Like it it can be one spore or a million, but even if there's one, I mean, it it means that they are alive and well, and they can take over anything. What I really think that they should do. uh, Have you ever seen Halo Legends? No, I haven't. That's the TV show with uh, Luke Cage, is it? No, no, no. Halo Legends was, um, it was like they did five or six short films and they did them in a couple of different animation styles. And one of them was actually about the Forerunners. Oh, and, and, and it shows the Forerunners building Halo and like what they did to repopulate the planet and what the Halo rings did to the universe. And it's kind of like a prequel. There's one about like the, um, the the Arbiter. Like there's, there's a couple of different ones that just bounce around here and there. There's one about the Flood and shit. So um, I think for sure... I think for, if you do anything, motherfucking, you better leave Keith David as the fucking arbiter. Oh, because fuck then, yeah! Oh, dude, uh, Spartan! Like I love that guy's voice so good. Um, but I, I, I think a perfect Halo movie would be set somewhere in the first three games. But I don't want right. to. I don't. I don't want to see them do like the the Prophet of Truth and stuff like that. I, don't let it be something we've already played. But set it in, in a uh, put it in a setting that we're already familiar with. Right. Don't let it be something that we that we've already played. But man, I I can't tell you how to do a Halo game. That's just something that's way out of my sorry movie. That's way out of my fucking scope. But I do want to see it fucking start off with like the crash landing. Like you know how you fucking start off uh, that first game with like in, in that dropship, and you just like wake up and you're on this fucking ring planet. Um, I I, I needed to start off like that. Like like you know what I mean. Like that to me was just so fucking iconic. But anyway, we're getting off the fucking beaten track here. <laughs> uh, I was talking about Neil Blomkamp. So yeah, three movies, dude. I have seen all of them. Um, I was very hev- highly anticipating uh, Elysium. I really like Elysium. A lot of people don't. Um, it is okay. I'm gonna tell you right now, Colin. Um, this is his best film, like by far, District Nine. Okay. So yeah, like like I I think that's pretty much undisputed. Um. But Elysium is good. It's got some really good ideas. It's got some fantastic action. Shalto Copley, who plays uh, Wickus in this movie, he's in all of his movies, um, 
he is great. He's the best part of Elysium, in my opinion. Chappie is also decent. Uh, it is it is a lot. It's no nowhere near as good as Elysium, and definitely nowhere near as good as District Nine. District Nine. Um, Hugh Jackman's in that movie, and he he's so fucking hammy, dude. It's weird. <laughs> See, I think um, I think what fucked me up is I was like Chappie. I was like, oh, you mean Real Steel? Like the first thing I thought of, I was like Real Steel. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, like, dude, that movie has some fucking problems, man. Um, it it is it, it's bordering on not great. So, um, I, I do like if he does do RoboCop, uh, I do want to see something more like akin to District Nine. Um, uh, but then again, District Nine itself is a very unique film, and there's no there's like it's really tough to approach um a, a movie of this caliber, but. Here's something that we left out. So Neil Blomkamp was also in line to direct a alien movie. Right, um, yeah. It it got pretty far in development, well, pre-production at least. Um, there was concept art released and shit. Um, it was supposed to have Ripley back. It was supposed to have Michael Bean back. Um, but it just never got off the ground because fucking Ridley Scott was like, no, my toys. Uh, and he came back and snatched it and he made uh, Alien Covenant. That's what we got. So... Um, yeah, I that that kind of sucks, man. Because this director Neil Blomkamp, we we've talked many many directors, but all of the directors that we've spoken to, oh, sorry, spoken about. Oh man, I wish we could speak to them. But, <laughs> <laughs> spoken about have delved in different genres. Neil Blomkamp is the only director that we've talked about that is exclusively of one genre, and that's science fiction. So. I think that's fucking awesome, dude. Like, like the guy likes his science fiction, um, and, and that's clearly what he's, what he's best at. So fucking let 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 him fucking have it, dude. Like this guy, especially with this directorial debut, fucking District Nine, man. Um, it's incredible, and I, I also don't want to go past the the fact that District Nine is based on a short that he directed as well called Alive in Joburg, um, also starring Charlto Copley. Pretty pretty cool, um, but yeah. Uh, dude, Charlton Copley. Also, I just want to mention him quickly. Um, also on equal footing as how much Neil Blomkamp uh shot up on my radar after this movie, dude. Like this, Charlton Copley got work after this movie. Like he hasn't been doing too much lately, but um, he ended up you know in fucking A Team like that with uh, what's his name, fucking Liam Neeson and shit. Um, he's he's done some shit, man. He's oh, done yeah. some shit. <clears throat> that A Team movie that we all come to know and love. <laughs> you know what? There are fucking elements of that movie that aren't bad, man. I, I, I don't think it's as bad as fucking people say, but I don't know. That's just me. I, I like some trash fucking uh, action movies sometimes. Dude, if you haven't already, watch Hardcore Henry. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. That's good. Yeah, like it's unique, but also Shalto Copley. Again, the best thing about that movie. But anyway, man, that's what I fucking think about District 9. I love this movie. I adore this movie. I am so glad that we're covering it. I'm so glad that you finally got to see it, dude. I remember telling you ages ago to watch this movie, and you're like, I still haven't seen that movie. I was like, what? <laughs> dude, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm so glad I finally did. Um, fuck bef- yeah. Before we jump right into it, do you want to hmm. go over like a little trivia real quick and get it out of the way? Yeah, let's hit me. Hit me. Well, um, this guy, um, Jason Cope. Jason Cope is who plays uh, Christopher. What's the name? Christopher. What? God damn it. Um, Chris, Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. Chris Johnson uh, is played by this guy named Jason Cope. Jason Cope plays all of the aliens in this. Any of the motion capture oh, alien stuff. Jason Cope is 
also the guy that they keep cutting to the the document. He's almost like the aliens, like the like the History Channel guy. Like, oh, he, yeah. He, yeah. That's Jason Cope. So he plays like two or three roles in this. Um, most of their dialogue was fucking improvised. Uh, a lot of their shit was fucking improvised, especially any anything that you're hearing about the documentary side. When it came to like plot things, they had to get a little bit more scripted. But that's why a lot of the documentary stuff has this great natural feel. It's like, oh, you know, my wife, you know, this is this is my desk, and do I look into the look into the camera? You know, all of, all of it is so genuine because it's you've got this like almost nervous kind of guy and it makes sense because you are kind of like, Oh yeah, I'm just winging it here. I guess I'm starting the movie off. Um, but I, I love the fact that they're able to improv that. Cause I'm actually not a big fan of improvised, improvised stuff. I think like, I, I think American comedies kind of ruin that for me. Like this is the end anchorman, like shit like that kind of gets annoying. The only thing that really does it well is the office. I think really, really, really good improv. Um, but, uh, these alien homes, this District Nine, quote unquote, uh, it's a it's a real recently evacuated area that they were filming. Yeah, in. like the only one that wasn't. Um, I think the only one that w- I think the only one that wasn't was the Christopher Johnsons. I think that was the only one, but all of them were just like 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 real. I mean, this I guess it's such a common thing that they were like, oh yeah, sure, just fucking pick one. And that's one thing that we were talking about is this being based off of. <clears throat> this being based off of like true things because there actually was um in Cape Town, South Africa, this place called District Six. Have you read about this at all? No, I haven't. Hit me. Uh District Six is a former inner city residential area in Cape Town, South Africa. Over sixty thousand of its inhabitants were forcibly removed during the seventies by the apartheid regime. Um Jesus. the area of District Six is now partially partly divided between the suburbs of Walmer Estate. Oh God, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. And the lower Verde, when the rest is uh, undeveloped land. Um, so yeah, they, they they fucking moved all these people. So uh, like a lot of the shit is actually based in, in fact, like they moved them out of this area and shoved this in, shoved them into this district. And then I read somewhere in like 2003 that Mel- Nelson Mandela gave them the keys back to their original land and like no this is where you were like you just go back to where you you go, go you know this is yours like you were forcibly removed like four decades ago so we're gonna make that right or three decades ago um which I I, th- I just thought that was really interesting and a lot of people I feel like a lot of people don't get this movie in terms of like race and stuff like and, and you know things like that I, I think that the only thing that I think we've covered that any even gets close to something like this is like Django. And I know that sounds so crazy. How can you compare the two of these? Well, whereas Django is a revenge film set in a racial Southern slavery background, this is a movie that's saying something about those kind of issues with a sci-fi background. It's not a sci-fi movie with a little bit of that stuff in the background. You know what I mean? Like the politics. It's pretty heavy. Yeah. Right. The politics kind of are front loaded, but I'm okay with that. I, I That really doesn't bother me. And normally it kind of does, but this is so steep. You know, you're so caught up in the story that, you you know, I like it. There's, there's not really, it's, it's not too much, you know, you can, and it's not pointing towards one group. Obviously it's more heavily focused on um, the regimes and the apartheid in South Africa, but you can apply that and compare it and contrast it to so many other groups. Um, but, uh, well, I don't want to get into too much more because of the, some of the other stuff I have like comes in at the very end of the movie. And I don't want to drop that yet. Cause I, I have a, I have a feeling like 
this trivia is a gun that I have next to your head, and I'm going to blow your fucking mind. <laughs> with, with one of these at the end, I'm going to blow your fucking mind with this All shit. Right. Um, right. but yeah, right. let's, let's jump into this, bitch, if you're ready. Yeah, let's jump into this, bitch. Before we do, I have one more little note. So, yeah. Um, was it Jason Cope, right? That's the, that's the actor's name. I he was in Dread. So. He yeah. was in Dread. Yeah, I, I he, saw he's that. The one that. Yeah, he's the one that gets uh, hot-shotted, right, at the start there. Yeah. That's him. <laughs> fucking awesome, dude. But all right, let's fucking get into this bit. So, man, we uh, opened with an outtake from The Office, apparently. I <laughs> know, <laughs> right? It's so, like, it's such a, like, a weird opening. It's just, like, all you hear is, like, the thumping of the lapel mic. <laughs> um, and we hear, we meet Wick, okay, this is the only time I'm going to say his, his full name. Wickus van der Merwe. I know, right? right? It's like, uh, what? It sounds like a V in 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 his last name, but it's it's apparently it's M E R W E. So Wick is Vando Vandermoa. Um, no, it's nothing. I love the opening to this movie. It's nothing big or epic. It's just a fucking plain old dude attaching a lapel mic to his boring ass sweater vest, right? It's cool, but immediately, like we're like, holy! Like if you hadn't seen uh, any marketing for this movie, which by the way. I'm going to get into the marketing of this movie, dude. Oh, um, yeah. If you hadn't seen any of the marketing of this movie, you'd be like, what? what is going on? Because, like, he tells you, like, the captions tell you, this Wickers guy works for MNU Alien Affairs. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just, it, it looks so boilerplate. It looks so, um, just so... Like the like you said it, dude. Like the logistics of it, it, this is not something that we see usually. Like we follow like military officers and shit. This is kind of like the and maybe this is the lawyer in me. Like this is the fucking the the pencil pushes shit. Like you know what I mean? I, I love that kind of angle of it. Um, the marketing of this thing. So the marketing of this thing was something that I I definitely remember pretty fucking well because it was very viral so you would see signs out in the street and shit like with the like you do in this movie um kind of like no it's like no non-humans and shit and it's just like oh that's that's awesome dude like just the way they're like promoting this movie it's fantastic yeah i I read that they would put these posters up on like 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 bus stops and shit shit. yeah yeah Yeah. people were like definitely remember seeing it yeah what the fuck is this Exactly. And it's just such a cool way to promote your fucking weird-ass movie. It's awesome. Uh, Wickers tells us that that what they do here is engage with the prawn on behalf of MNU and behalf of humans. We get some backstory on the ship via some news clips. Uh, We're told that this ship didn't stop over Manhattan or Washington or Chicago, but instead it settled over Johannesburg. Uh, You brought that up in your opening thoughts, dude. I I love how this is set in Johannesburg. That might be a budgetary constraint on the part of Neil Blomkamp and, you know, Peter Jackson. But again, I love... I love that it's not set in this, like, it, it's not LA, it's not New York, like, you know what I mean? It's it's something totally different, and it's not different just because it's different, it's different because it serves the story. I love it. Mm-hmm, for sure. <clears throat> um, You want to talk about the ship's design, dude? The ship's design looks fucking awesome. Like, it's, like, absolutely gigantic and monolithic but somehow like not intimidating like it looks like someone were to build like a giant floating robotic city <laughs> right well it's it's not this 
Think about most of the ships that we've seen from, yeah, I, my mind kind of jumps to Independence Day. You know, Same, that, same. That came out, I was like seven or eight years old. It was huge when it came out. Um, but you think of these, you know, you think of the Death Star, you think of Independence Day, you think of all these, you know, the Star Destroyer, these big, giant, like, pointed black kind of uh sounds like i'm talking about my dick uh these giant that's like, my dick it's black. <laughs> pointed and black <laughs> um but these pointed black kind of ugly looking things but when you look at this it's this nice peaceful cylinder shaped white kind of and it's not clean either it's got this really rustic kind of look like whoever's in that thing obviously i, I think i think giving them this dirty kind of rustic appearance also kind of takes away from like the seriousness of it like oh, these people do not have their act together like you can right. you can kind of tell that they're a little bit behind the times it's it's like it's like pulling up in a car with like rust all over it you're like what the fuck like um <laughs> so i I, th I think that's what's interesting about it i think what you said is perfect the fact that it's not very intimidating and i, th I think it's just because it, it doesn't do anything the whole movie it just sits there and it, it, it's just this this yeah it's kind of like i was um I was watching this thing on John Wayne Gacy. Uh, you, you know, you know, John Wayne Gacy is a serial killer. Yeah, the clown killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they said with clowns when they when they when they're painting stuff on their face, they're not supposed to use pointed edges because it's supposed to be a rounded, smooth oh, kind of thing. Cool. Because there's something psychologically about the pointed edge that throws you off. And John Wayne Gacy's were like all pointed edges. So I think that's what's interesting about this. It's just this circular shaped thing it's not a triangle state uh shaped like star destroyer it, it's not a black death star you know or like this uh, any of these horrible crazy looking you know ships that you see uh it's this nice smooth kind of appearance i think subconsciously that kind of like it's like oh it kind of looks like a donut <laughs> <laughs> right i'm glad you it's funny because I'm, I'm glad you brought up arrival in your opening thoughts because i think of those ships like they are totally non-threatening they're just fucking big sort of like tree trunk looking motherfuckers um and and like that's exactly what I think of. Like they're totally like non intimidating, and it's just it's such a great design choice. I think. Um. All right. Let's. Uh. We get we get timestamp videos. It, okay. So let me. Okay. I was telling you off air. This movie was tough to take notes on, dude. Like especially like this opening fucking documentary sort of sequence. It's like we're getting so much information. Like I, I will get to a point where I, I wrote down. It's eleven minutes in, and we've learned so much information. <laughs> yeah. Well, you meet and you meet so many people. You meet our main right. character. You meet his father-in-law, his mom, his dad. Like in kind of minor characters. Compared to him, but but still, like we're getting a lot of information. Like I, I, I like this. I can see why this didn't perform well. Uh, you know, like with critics, I, I I feel like yeah, don't get me wrong. He got nominated and it's done well at the box office and stuff. But this is still not as talked about as it should be because I think this just front loads and it's like if you can't keep up, you can't keep up. It, it's right. a movie that's not going to wait around for you. I love that. Exactly. Exactly. Like it does. It does a lot in its two-hour runtime for sure. Um, this, this movie wastes zero time at all. Uh, so yeah, so we get timestamp videos on 6th of January, 1982, the humans physically cut their way into the ship. Um, the whole world was watching when they get inside, they find the prawns. Dude, I love the first shot you get of the, the one just crawling away, just looking totally disheveled and they, they pan the camera up and it's just a fucking army of like prawns. It's, it's cool. That first reveal. Yeah. What do you think about the CG in this movie? Um, it's not great, but it's not terrible for, you know, I, I think that on a what? 30, 30 million. Mil. Yeah. 30 million dollar budget. Um, you know, I, I think the ship looks fantastic. 
Um, I think there's sometimes it's not really with Christopher Johnson, but it's with the the other prawns that I think it's kind of lacking because they were not paying attention to them as much. Um, but what, what I, you know, the they applied the the most quality stuff on the ones that we're going to be looking at the most uh, on right. the, on the ship with the with the power armor at the end, like all that stuff looked great. Um, I've seen better, but it could have been a hell of a lot worse. Right, I think I definitely remember in 2009 thinking that this was some of the best effects I'd ever seen. Like, like you know what I mean? Uh, I think I think we're just used to like what we have now uh, because I, I definitely remember everyone praising the CG. I remember thinking that the CG was incredible. Um, and look, man, like for how small this movie is, I think it's fucking still great. But um, it, there's definitely some moments where it just looks a little blurry at points. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So we get told that there was a lot of international pressure and a lot of eyes on Johannesburg, so they had to do the right thing with the government establishing an aid group, essentially a human rights for aliens. Uh, They moved the aliens to a temporary camp. They didn't have a plan. There was a million of them. It became fenced off, militarized, and then it became a slum. And then we get a title card. There's a lot of secrets in District 9. (laughs) Love it. Um... I love these signs, dude. Like we were talking about the signs earlier. No non-human loitering. Um, just, just little details like that that just build the world. Like you know what I mean. Like that's not necessary to put in there, but I love that it is. Fantastic. We get uh, the MNU CEO saying that the aliens are here to stay and that they will not be able to go home. Fucking presumptive humans, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, like when they're breaking down the prawn and they're just like, oh yeah, you know, their <clears throat> whole species are probably wiped out due to illness. They're dumb. They're uh, they have no drive. They're worker bees, basically. And it's like, wow, you don't know anything about these people. That's incredible. You don't know shit. <laughs> uh, we learned that the ship is inoperable. One of the theories was that the command module detached itself from the ship and became lost. Question is, did it fall by itself or was it programmed? We learn about the weapons and the crime in District 9 with rioting starting. These interviews with the locals are fucking great, man. They they just feel so genuine, these locals. Like, that you said that was improvised, right? Yeah, well, I think um, a lot of the stuff with... Chris Johnson and uh, Wickus is is the improvised stuff. Um, oh, okay. I'm, I'm I'm really not sure about the like kind of like the world building with uh with the other citizens. I do think that actually in the um, original short film for this, when he filmed it, he just asked people what they thought of these refugees that were in these basically internment camps and stuff. And and in the short film, it's them actually talking about real life people, and then he applied oh. that to the bronze. I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. That is cool because, like, there's you know, you get this one guy who's just like they must, they they just have to go, like they, you know, so yeah, like you can definitely like apply that or like edit it into this film, like to to make it seem like they're talking about the prawn for sure. We learn more about the term prawn, right? Like you said, describing something that is a bottom feeder, uh, and it's also how they look physically. So apparently, it's it's based on some kind of insect, uh, like the term prawn uh, in South South Africa. I'm fucking missing it now. I had it up up earlier. Um, I'm not. I'm not even well, gonna yeah, look for it. it. <clears throat> well, it's it's kind of well, ex- exactly like you said. It's like this bottom feeder kind of. Um, like a- actually, one of the interesting things that I read is that um, Neil Blomkamp was talking about. Um, yeah, uh, prawn is a uh, marine crustacean which resembles a large shrimp. Yeah, you know, it's basically right. like a shrimp. Um, well, uh, it, apparently, it's a reference to the Parktown prawn, which is a, a king cricket species in, which is considered a pest in South Africa. 
Oh, okay. I did not know that. Um, I know he said they would go fishing for prawns with cat food in real life. Like there was something oh, that, the, cool. that, the, that the real prawns would go fucking crazy for. And he just applied that to this. That's cool. Uh, apparently derailing a train is fun to the prawn. <laughs> I love how casually like they just insert that. Like you get this like, like archive footage of a derailed train and, um, yeah, man. Like, can you imagine just fucking derailing a train? Yeah, it's really odd because, like, it, honestly, it wouldn't even surprise me if that was not true. If it was just something that was like, oh, this train got derailed, some kids did it, and they blamed the prawn for it. Because the prawn. they don't, they don't yeah. do anything like that through this whole movie. Like, they kind of fuck each other up, and they do stupid stuff, but they don't derail trains and, like, kill people by the dozens. Like, you know, they, they, they're they a little sketched out when people roll up on them, and they cluster up in groups and stuff, but they don't. You know, they, they don't immediately attack people unless they're provoked. So, like, I guess maybe they just saw a train and they're like, oh, hey, what's this thing? And then, you know, just didn't know what the fuck they were doing. But I, I don't know. I, it wouldn't surprise me if that's not true. There's so much misinformation at the beginning of this. Yeah, I like I like that idea of, like, um, you know, the human narrative and, like, kind of, like, using the prawn as a scapegoat, pretty much, uh, for, like, what what you've done wrong. It's awesome. I dig it. Uh, public pressure forced the government to move District Nine uh, to be uh, to be more strictly and and be more strictly controlled. And uh, we find out that multinational United MNU will be in charge of the move. Wickers tells us they're going to move 1.8 million prawns to a safer and better location, 240 kilometers outside the city. Notice how it's 1.8 now and not a million. So obviously the population is growing. Uh, and by the end of the movie, it's 2.5, which right. is pretty cool. Uh man, I love all these shots. Like I love the military stuff, like the helicopters, the guns, the armored trucks. Like it fucking that part of it feels like aliens to me when they're grabbing all the guns off the shelves and shit. <laughs> yeah, all the all the white guns. Like I think there's something about the white, yeah, right. The white helicopters. What kind of like this? Like look look at us in our in our purity. Like we're, we're we are the you know we like we are the 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 righteous white. Like we're the. I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Everything they own is white. I, I didn't like, pick I, up on them. That's cool. Well, yeah, and I think there's like it actually had me thinking about Endgame. I was like, oh yeah, well obviously they're wearing white in Endgame because it's like kind of like a redemption kind of thing. But I mm. think in this context, it's more of like um like we're the superior. Race thing. Yeah, we're yeah. the superior ones. Yeah, man. Uh, look, I'm not I'm not smart enough to pick up on that. I'm just like, oh, aliens, guns. <laughs> well, I'm white, so like I knew that that was what That's they were true. doing. <laughs> That's true. You're sitting up there on your fucking high horse. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you are white. You do look like Ben Affleck. No, I'm just kidding. That's true. Everyone <laughs> looks like Ben. Every white person looks alike. So, what is that movie? Role models. That's what it is. <laughs> oh man, I I uh, I haven't seen that in ages. Wait, no, is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one where he's like, all all white people look like Ben Affleck. He's like, you are white. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I remember that. Ah, uh, Sean Worm Scott. Mm-hmm. UIO protocol dictates that they give the aliens 24 hours notice of their right to evict, and they will get the aliens to sign the I-27 form. Now, out of all of the 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 hard-to-reach, far-fetched stuff in this movie, I think this might be the biggest, but I like it. Like, I, I love it. I love all of this. Me me being my fucking, like, I love my rules and regulations and shit, so I like that they have they are, they have no choice but to, to kind of, like, give these aliens paperwork to fucking evict them and uh, tell the world that we did this the right way. Because think about it, man. Like, since 2009, the world, like, this is 10 years ago. 
now we have so many people out there protest- protesting human rights. This movie would fit perfectly in our world right now. No, yeah, for sure. I think there's <clears throat> basically they're being forced to show the rest of the world, hey, they understand that they're being moved. Like we're right. not we're not asking their opinion. We just need them to understand, you know, what has been going on. Like we, right. we we're not we're not we're not taking it. We're not. This isn't a vote. You know, <laughs> this isn't a prison transfer. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, Wickers gets chosen to lead the, uh, lead the field team, and this is the first time we get a witness being interviewed about uh, Wickers, um, interestingly, using past tense. So, right, we get these, like, little clues as to what's about to happen. Uh, we meet his mother, Sandra, saying he was a smart boy, uh, and she also starts crying, which is kind of fucking interesting. What, what did you think about the first time you saw this? Like, this kind of, like, like them being interviewed in the present, and they're talking about Wickers in the past tense, but we don't really know yet. Right, yeah, because this is like the first 10, 12 minutes, sure. and they kind of front load that, you know, oh, he had choices, I don't know why he did what he did, I don't think we can ever forgive him, you know, and even his dad, his dad's like, you know, you think, oh, this will happen to somebody else, but not me, and you're like, what the fuck did this guy do? And I kind of knew at the end of it, I knew that that he got infected, I knew that going in, I, 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 I knew, and you know... Once about halfway through, I was like, okay, well, I know he gets infected, so he's going to have to turn to the people that he's been rounding up, and 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 he they're going to be for he's going to be forced to go to them, and they'll they'll work something out. But uh, I um like I I I thought it was interesting, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like it, like it, it got to a point where I was like, man, this is this is so interesting. Just trying to figure out exactly what happens and like what he does, but it's kind of impossible to figure out at that point. Right, exactly. Like, there's just there, there are a few ways it could go, but yeah, I, I I do love that they start like planting these seeds early. Like, it's just great storytelling. Uh, we get this interview with Piet Smith, the managing director of MNU South Africa, who says that Wickus being married to his daughter didn't factor in his decision to promote him. <laughs> it's almost as big as my wedding day, he says. <laughs> Terrible! What a fucking and hey, let's talk about it. What a fucking schmutz. This right, guy, we, this, let's talk about Wickus, yeah. Dude, he is a fucking moron, man. Like, right. like watching this movie, I was like, dude, what the fuck are you? Because, you know, he's got his hair all parted over and the stupid little mustache. And I was like, what the fuck is going on with this guy? Because he's like, I, it, you know, he's such, such an eager beaver. You know, he kind of like, have you ever watched 30 Rock? No, I do want to. Oh, wait, yeah, hang on. No, are you about to bring up that reception guy? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, Kenneth. Yeah, yeah he yeah, kind of... He's, he he's, he's in Talladega Nights as well. Peaches and cream. <laughs> yeah, well, he he, re, he reminds me of, like, Kenneth in that respect. Just this dorky kind of... Yeah. Has, like, has no situational awareness, honestly. Like, the, the, like, later on when they, you know, not to jump too far ahead, but when, they, when they're finding certain shacks and stuff, like, he pulls out the radio, like, all excited. He's like, uh, uh, you know, versus somebody right. who... It's not very natural to him, you know? Right, exactly. He he seems like someone who would be impotent in the bedroom. <laughs> right. This, <laughs> this guy's got a dick so small he pees on his own nuts, you know? Right, um, exactly. Yeah, he, but, he, uh, no, no, he's he's such a, like, a spineless kind of, like, like, I don't know, and I'm torn because there's moments where he's like, hey, 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 hey there's no reason to start shooting people. There's no reason to do that. That's illegal, but... Right. When, like all that, it's so how bureaucratic he is is so interesting because 
when those rules and regulations fail you and you know you you you're forced to live like the people that you're hunting down it's like <clears throat> he just says fuck all and just abandons all of it well i think okay i have a note for that later but like let's talk about it now when he says don't shoot these guys it's illegal he's He's only saying that because it's illegal because the world's watching them. He's not saying it because don't shoot them because it's wrong. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, because morally it's wrong. It's just because it's illegal. Like, like he's missing that part of the moral sort of like sensitivity. He's missing that part of him. And it's just like, it, like, we'll get to that scene where he's aborting the kids. But like, it, it's, it's just, it's just this kind of like this guy who has, like you said, man, zero situational awareness. Like this, he's just keen to do his job uh, and, and get things done. But again, like he's just, he's kind of inconsiderate and he's fucking, he's an asshole, to be honest. Well, yeah, this is, this is one of those guys who would like, who would be in like the SS and never question what they're <laughs> asking him to do. He's like, well, right. that's the rules. So that's what they're telling yep. me to do. And it's like, what the exactly. fuck? And I think, man, Charlton Copley should be fucking. He plays him so well. Like he is. If you watch um, Elysium now, uh, you will be like, Charlton Copley is fucking awesome, dude. Like you, you need to watch that movie just for him. Mm-hmm. So right, man. God, Tanya is so out of his league. <laughs> I just. <laughs> oh yeah, I was like, huh. This is that's just one of those guys who's like. He's sweet, but he's kind of pitiful, and I think that just kind of like she's like, oh well, I feel bad for you. Yeah, Yeah. I I feel bad for you, and I can take care of you. You know, it's kind of like, you know who he is? He's Jerry from. God damn it, you don't watch Rick and Morty, you fuck. You, (laughs) I I know who Jerry is. I know who. Yeah, I've I've seen enough of it to know who Jerry is. He he's basically Jerry. That's that's what he that's what he reminds me of. I was like, Uh, he's a bitch. Four episodes I've referenced Rick and Morty, and finally. (laughs) <laughs> like i mean fucking jerry's the main character i fucking know that shit <laughs> uh all right man so yeah she says you know he made a paper mache bowl which uh look look i know that sounds like a small detail but might it'll come in handy later um and they took all this stuff away for the investigation right another little seed being mm-hmm. planted there we meet this guy i'm gonna butcher all of these names but i don't give a shit fundizwa right this yeah, guy yeah that's right uh, that's right yeah, this guy that Wickers has chosen to replace him. In an interview, Fondizwa says that he wants people to learn from what has happened. Uh, we get intercut interviews with MNU staff, all saying that nobody thought or had any idea what Wickers was doing, and we meet the Cowboys, right? <laughs> this is above above the allocated amount of ammunition. <laughs> I think you should speak to the colonel, yeah? <laughs> Listen to me, you fuck! <laughs> yeah, it's like, Jesus. Dude, this guy's scary. Kubis? Yeah, he's a bitch. He's, he scares the shit out of me a little, man. He's kind of like looking him into it. He's looking into his eyes as Wickus like talks to him. But to be fair, Wickus is being a dick. Wickus is saying, you should find ways to make your guys more efficient. Literally, that is a line. You right, should expect well, to be manhandled. <laughs> right. Well, especially it's like, dude, okay, well, cool. Uh, you strap on the armor, you get out there, and you, you're you the one who, you know, keep, keeps the guns on people, then you do that. And we'll, we'll go knock door to door. And when, the, like, it's so easy for him in that position to say something about it, because it's like, dude, you make no, you make, you make no decisions that you have to go home with and like, and, and you have to go home and live with when people get right. killed and stuff. You know, it's, it's nothing like that. He's a pencil like pusher. That. He's right. me. Ex- exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> uh, M and U roll out to conduct the mass eviction. Um, this this kind of like montage of them rolling out is one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie because it's just so beautifully well done. Like I love the shots of the convoys of the armored vehicles, man. The helicopters. There's this awesome shot of the sniper looking out the helicopter door. Like the, he's looking down at like the the armored vehicles just kind of like on the road. It's fucking awesome, man. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like Call of Duty shit to me. I love it. Wickers briefs us telling us that the prawn doesn't understand what it means to own property. So, quote, we have to say, we have to say, this is our land. Please will you go? <laughs> uh, dude, also I love Fendizo being concerned about the vest. Don't worry about the vest. It'll be fine. As he puts his own vest on. Yeah, right. Oh, if it's so fine, you give me your vest, motherfucker. Right. Uh, awesome quick shot of these fucking awesome, like, fucking surface-to-air missiles, man. Like, we, we learn about the human rights groups keeping a fucking watchful eye on MNU's actions. Love it. I love all of this. This whole entry sequence into, into D9, I love it. And again, man, look at how much info we've received in 11 minutes, you know? It's just fantastic storytelling, very quick, very very engaging. Like, there, you cannot tell me you're bored in these first 10 minutes. Like, you know what I mean? Right. It's, it's fantastic. As the convoy rolls into District 9, we see the prawns causing chaos inside. Uh, amazing aerial shot of the convoy rolling in through the gates and the operation begins. Ka- chaos immediately ensues as shots are fired. And I just said, holy shit, the CG is great. Like, I love the... Because, like, in these first few moments, you get kind of, like, sparingly... Like, you get the CG sparingly because you see, like, this quick shot of, like, the alien jumping overhead and shit. I'm like, damn, that looks awesome. Uh, Wickers gets one of them to sign the eviction notice. The prawn slaps it, and apparently it counts as a scroll. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's like, see, see, that counts. You see what I that mean? Counts. It's like, like he acting like he meant to do that. Right, exactly. <laughs> you fucking, you fucking little micro penis cunt. <laughs> um, one of the prawns tries to eat the rubber off the tire. As an MNU soldier approaches him, he gets his arm ripped off. Our first bit of kind of like ultra violence that this movie is about to show us, right? Yeah, it's like so violent, it's almost comedic. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one of the soldiers starts firing back, but Wickus is adamant that he stops firing or will turn it into a war zone. It starts throwing cat food. Um, he bribes another one with cat food to sign. We find out the aliens who are stranded on Earth are the workers. Uh, these guys can't think for themselves. They're just the grunts. Um, we see this. Okay, so we see this cockfight, cockfighting style ring with the Nigerians betting money with the prawn, and we find out more about the Nigerians, right? So apparently, uh, there was a push to ban this in Nigeria. This movie, did you hear about that? Yeah, I heard it actually was banned. Is it not anymore? Oh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I thought, I thought, I heard that there was a push, but maybe it's not. I, I don't know. That's crazy. Well, I mean, like you know, you kind of are dra- like. It's a fucking movie, guys. Like, well, dude, it's like Dark Knight being banned in China because it was, you know, like, oh, China's extradition process. Wow. And they're like, I yeah. was like, uh, you know, that's your law, right? Like, if you have a problem with that, like, or like, or taking something that implies in real life and using it, like, maybe you should change your law. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, um, I just yeah, I just confirmed the the film was banned in Nigeria. The Nigerian Film and Video Censors Board was asked to prevent cinemas from showing the film and also to confiscate it. Jesus Christ! Oh yeah, because <laughs> they're really losing that Nigerian market. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> Come on, man, that's why that's why that's why the movie didn't fucking make a billion dollars. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you about it. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, we find out about the Nigerians. They run scams, including the cat food scam, where they where they sold cat food for high prices, interspecies prostitution, Ugh. and alien weaponry. Uh, we meet Obisanjo, who is the leader of the Nigerians. This guy is a mean-looking dude, man. Now, is he actually, like, paralyzed, or is he just in the chair because he doesn't want to walk? I couldn't really I, tell. I think he's paralyzed. <laughs> I mean, okay. like, it, yeah, uh, it, like, it could be, I think it's, like, more of a, a reason that he wants to ingest the, the alien sort of, like, power so he can probably uh, heal himself. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, that's yeah, that's what you. I picked up, yeah. Um, Wicked says, don't look at him, like, it's just going to cause trouble. Um, they go to one of these huts and make a find, right? 40 to 50 eggs. The smell hits them first. Love that fucking reveal. Wickers calls in the population control team. And um, Wickers just starts fucking terminating them nonchalantly. Just starts laughing, man. He seems, like, joyed to do it. Like, this is actually kind of sad. Like, like they they did such a good job with the production of this, like, part of it. Like, I love the practical effects, dude, of the eggs. It looks like kind of like alien. Um, but yeah, he just starts like pulling the, the tubes and he's like, guys going to a nice little sleep now. Oh man. Dude, Wild. it's, ex- it's extremely unsettling. It is. Um, <clears throat> because, um, the, the thing is like, he pops one out and hands it to, what's the guy's name? Fundeswa. Do what? Fundeswa. Fundeswa. Thank you. Um, he hands it to Fundizwa and he's like, ah, listen, hey, yeah, it's a thing for your first abortion. And it's like, do you have to say abortion? Like, I know. Like, like do you have like, to like, put it, it in those terms? It's fucked up because he knows exactly what he's doing too. Like, it's not like I'm going to pull this cord and I wonder what's going to happen. Like, he knows 100% what he's doing. So Right. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's one thing to pull that cord and then to have the flamethrower team sweep in. You're like, what oh, the fuck? Man. You can hear the popping sound. It's almost like the popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> it just immediately made me think of it where he's like, pop, 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 pop. <laughs> Hiya, Georgie. Yeah. Bit of a montage of them finding some illegal shit, including weapons. The first time you see the alien fire one of these weapons, dude. Fucking Damn! This was when I was like, I can see where the halo element of it comes in. Right, see, uh, I've... Sorry, I've got something stuck in my throat. Um, His dick. uh, Get that dick. I was just about to say that shit. (laughs) Um, I've actually never played Overwatch, but all these weapons seem like Overwatch weapons to me. Like, the color of them, like these... Like, I've seen it played a couple times, and yeah, like... And actually, a lot of these look like when I'm playing Call of Duty Three, like the Black Ops zombies, and I'm fucking, I'm fucking, uh, uh, like putting on different skins and shit like that. Like one of them is like this white and blue one. I'm like, that looks like the one that I put on the Dingo in Call of Duty Three. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, yeah, I, I love the design of these weapons, dude. Like it, they definitely feel otherworldly. Um, but like not only the design of them, but just the way they fire and just the way the firepower of them, dude. Like. It's 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 cool. I love it. I love all of it. Um, it definitely got the sixteen year old me really fucking excited. Um, all right, we find out that MNU is the largest, the second largest weapons manufacturer in the world. The weapons have a biological lock; doesn't work with humans. Uh, Wickers and his crew experience some trouble with one of the aliens who they interrupt mid urination. <laughs> Guys trying to get freshly squeezed. I mean, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Wickers calls in 1st Battalion Air Support who fire a shot to intimidate the prawn into dropping his shovel, right? Yeah. 
Now we meet Christopher Johnson and his buddy looking for something amongst some trash. They're uh, looking for their technology, some fluid. Johnson's son, CJ, finds what they're looking for. Back in their hut. Where the fuck does the name Christopher Johnson come in? I don't know. I think MNU have kind of designated um, the aliens. I I feel like that's what's happened. Like I I feel like... um, because they've kind of assigned them shacks and sh- and stuff, so there must be some kind of like z- naming process, like John Doe, like really plain names, kind of like that. Well, see, and I thought that, but when he pulls up at first, he's like, "Yeah, the first one is like triple X seven or EX triple seven or something like that." So, like, I figured it would be like a serial code, you know? I figured it would be like, you know, oh, you're D two seven eight five or something like that. But like Christopher Johnson, it's like you have my first and the last name. Like that's weird, man. That could be, I mean, like, uh, look, I'm, I'm fucking speculating here, but that could just be, like, the designation for the shack or some shit. Um, it might not be the alien's name. I, I get I get the idea behind naming the aliens, though, from MNU's part and standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But, and I do like it. Like, I, I like that he, like, that he is named. Um, <clears throat> so back in their heart, we see them working on something looking like a bit like a chemistry set. Johnson says they have to be careful because so much can go wrong. It's 20 years of work. And uh, they're interrupted by Wickers and his crew. They hide their liquid lightsaber, which is what I wrote. It looks like a fucking lightsaber, dude. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, Wickers witnesses the gang signs. <laughs> it's funny how he just points these out. I killed three people. Watch out for me. <laughs> See, and that was something that I read that when Wickers, the, 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 what is the actor's name? I butcher his fucking Shal- name. Shalto Copley. Yeah, uh, whenever he pulls up to this shack, like, there's nothing on that wall. He just pointed at it and improv that. He's like, yeah, you see these see these gang signs? And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And, like, later on, That's they're awesome. like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing there. That's cool. I like that kind of shit, man. Like, it, it, it feels a little, it feels genuine because it's fucking stupid, like, the way he says it. I love it. Uh, inside... Oh, sorry. They order Johnson's friend to get outside at gunpoint. Inside, Wickers finds a panel that's hollow and walks inside to find their chemistry set. Looks around and finds the liquid tube. Sprays himself with it like an idiot. Black liquid in the face. Semen joke. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wickers makes a find uh, of a shit ton of weapons, both human and alien. And Wickers calls First Reaction Battalion again. And uh, yeah. Well, see, uh, and what I thought here was going to happen was that <clears throat> was it what he was going to pick up one of the weapons, and it was going to kind of like halfway work, like it was going to like, oh, okay. vroom, vroom, like kind of like start to kick up. I was like, oh shit! Like I'm wondering if that's going to be some kind of indication. Like I knew those weapons were going to come in. Like I, I absolutely knew that they were, um, but I wasn't sure if you know because he just basically got infected. Like it probably hasn't right. gone a full course in his body yet. So like. It would be kind of I, w- I would have loved a little bit as like maybe as he's putting one down, it starts to kick on and he's like, ah, oh, that's weird. And just yeah, whatever. yeah, kind of. He just looks at it. Yeah, um, I think uh, see, but I don't know how that would be played off with all of the avenue people around him. Yeah, right. He just fucking yeah. goes pole store. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, so the alien tries to make a run from from a, from for it hit, hitting Wickers and throwing him into a porta potty <laughs> before uh first battalion immobilizes him. Kubis, the fucking fucking sociopath dude, just plants him in the face. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right. And part of me was like, obviously this uh, which I don't ever think they give 
um, his name, this this prawn, uh, the you know this this prawn, the friend. But, yeah, they never do. Right, but part of me because of 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 uh, of Johnson's reaction to his death later on, I was like, are these two like an item or something? Because like like maybe he's just you know he, maybe he's just like a work colleague, and he's like you know you're the second smartest one around here. You're the only one that can help me with this. So I think that but, what I, I, but, I also but. Boy, yeah. <laughs> I've been feeling fine, babe. <laughs> um, no, I thought that it was either something like that or it was going to be, um, you know, he's just like, you know, this guy was like my best friend for years. And because he's, he's definitely got a, like, I mean, I guess for lack of a better term, like a humanitarian kind of side to him, Christopher Johnson. So he's like, any, oh, death, any death is like a tragedy to him, I feel like. Absolutely. I mean, like, I didn't take anything romantic from it or anything. I, I, I like that, you know, he did have this attachment to this to this one prawn. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, there have been rumors of a sequel to this, even a prequel to this. Uh, I mean, I don't personally want one. Um, I just I just think that, you know, this story is being told. I don't know where you go from here. Sure, you can probably do a story of Christopher Johnson coming back or some shit, but I don't, I don't really want it, man. I don't know about you, but... Yeah, I, I I wouldn't mind seeing a short film. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind a short. Right, I, I would mind seeing them do like some kind of follow up. You know, kind of just like um, I guess like an epilogue, maybe. Yeah, I that wouldn't be so bad. Yeah. CJ and his father talk about the death of their friend and Johnson is pissed. Wickus rolls up on Johnson's place and sees CJ playing on the porch. There's kids everywhere. That's why we abort. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fucking eat your sweetie. Wickers tries to get Johnson to sw- sign, uh, says, notices that this one's a bit clever, asking why he's been evicted, that it's not legal, and we also learn that he, he can read, right? So we can, we learn that the prawns, well, CJ, and, uh, sorry, Johnson in particular, can read, but it also kind of goes the other way because later we find out that Wickers understands them. He starts to understand them on the basic level, right? Right, yeah, and no, I love that when they go to evict him, they're like... Um... They're they're like, oh, yeah. Do you understand you're being evicted? He's like, why am I being evicted? He's like, none of this is legal. Like, he's right. like completely calling him out, and he's just blowing past his questions. It's like right. to to see one of these guys actually, like, actually kind of give a little resistance to Wickus and him mm. be like, uh, okay, like, what do I do? And th- like, <clears throat> it's so funny that like. Wickus doesn't even try to reason with him anymore past the first attempt. He's like, all right, fine. We're just going to threaten you and everything that you love. And it's like, dude, you're not smart. You're not tactical. Like, you're not threatening. Like, the only reason you're threatening is because there's a huge black dude with a shotgun behind you. That's the only reason why anybody is fucking listening to you. Exactly. Um, So I think it's interesting seeing his, um, seeing how, I think that, I think this is actually a character defining moment. Um, and it, and it, and it just hit me because it's like you, at first you don't succeed, you know, try, try again, go down the same path, you know, see if you can resolve this peacefully because, you know, when the guys are shooting at him and he's throwing the, you know, he's like, no, no, no stop shooting. He just starts throwing the cat food out. It seems like, oh, well maybe he just, you know, he doesn't want an unnecessary death. And then he's just like, no, I will jump straight to killing you and everything you love. And it's like, dude, you didn't even try, but you, you like, you, you got one failed attempt in and then you were like, fuck it. We're just going to fucking put the you know, turn the burners on on this dude. Well, it could also, like, another contributing factor was, like, it could also be that, you know, this is after he's been physically assaulted and thrown about by prawns, so maybe he's just not really having it anymore. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, he threatens Johnson saying that CJ will be living in a one by one meter box if he doesn't sign the notice. Don't point your fucking tentacles at me. <laughs> Copley's awesome, dude. I, I, there are moments in this movie where I'm just going to be like, hey, man, Copley's awesome. I, I just, I love his performance. Wickes walks inside, finds the dis- disassembled computers, um, says he doesn't have a permit for it, right? Like, what? <laughs> like, they can apply for permits for shit. All right, yeah, cool. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, Wickes ends up throwing up like I've just had some fucking bad Mexican food, and they leave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the way back, Wickes says uh, he's a bit dizzy. They stop at Gunter's, which looks disgusting, uh, by the way. I, I, I give it a shot. Oh, I just seen the oil dripping from a dude. Like I am on a bit of a health kick, and I just I don't know. I'm dying a little. I die a little when I see that shit. I don't know. Wicker starts to leak black liquid from his nose, and uh, he's shit scared, right? As he should be. Uh, back at the office, Wicker dislodges one of his fingernails. Yikes! <laughs> Ugh, it's good, good, kind of feeling like the fly, you know? Yeah, man. Oh yeah, dude. That's a good comparison, actually. Like, I hadn't even thought about the fly, but that's literally what's happening to Wickers, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, Johnson and his kid look for the cylinder, but are un- unable to find it. We get a look in on the Nigerians. Uh, first, quick look at the mech. Awesome. Uh, traded the weapons for cat food. Uh, Muti. Uh, it's believed we learn about Muti, you know, witch doctor shit. Uh, believed that eating the aliens gave them the power of the aliens. Fucking wild, dude. But you know what? I am not surprised because that is something that would probably happen. Yeah, no, for sure. That that is totally believable. So Wickers gets home. Baby, I might have crept crapped in my pants before surprise. I <laughs> 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 oh, love it. Uh, cake cutting, Wickers fucking oozes all over it and then collapses. Jesus. In hospital, Wickers freaks out uh, when he sees his arm. Dude, what did you think about the practical effects of his arm, man? That shit looks gnarly. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool looking. Um, the practical effects of him pulling the fingernails out. I was like, dude, I mean, like I just said, that is so fucking fly. Um, yeah. But, but like, and I mean, especially when he starts like popping teeth out at the end and shit too, but... I think, um, well, not even really at the end, but um, the hand, there's times where it looks cool and there's times where I'm like, oh, that's a fake ass hand. Uh, because <laughs> I, I, I feel like if he had a little more mobility with it, like if he could actually like grip and release, right. but it, all, it always looks like it's just dangling. Um, it is cool looking, but at the same time, I just wish he did a little bit more with it. For me, the um, the practical effects reminded me a little bit of the thing. Like, and it's not just the arm. Like later, you know, when Christopher Johnson is looking down at the fucking corpse of like the the dead prawn that's being experimented on, it kind of has that really like glossy shine to it. it. Looks it looks fucking disgusting, man. Um, it just reminded me of the of of the thing. But I mean, obviously, look, that's a fucking benchmark, right? Um, I love Tanya in the waiting room as the armed guards run in. Uh, he's rushed off to MNU HQ via helicopter where they look into his arm further. 16 hours after the exposure, they wheel him into the weird lab, man, where we see these experiments they've been doing to these prawns. Corpses everywhere. There's this one guy who's, like, stretching out the fucking... It's it's so cool. Like, this is what I mean about the, the practical effects. It's like they took, like, the lining of, like, a stomach and stretched it out, and there's blood oh, all over yeah. it. Yeah, and they're stretching it out, and, like, you can see the light coming through it. It's It looks crazy, man. 
Yeah, and right next to him, there's like a baby in a tube. It's a it's uh, a human. It's a human. Yeah, baby. I saw that. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, oh, or, or is that like, is that a failed attempt at a hybrid? Like, right, is, that's is that the, something? Like, they're trying to mix guys... the, spa- the the DNA. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's the first thing I thought of. It's cool. Uh, they drill into his arm and confirm that the nerves have fused. Uh, gets him to conduct tests with the alien weapons. Man, these fucking things are crazy. Like, like they all like these these weapons. Like, just how like varied they are. This is kind of like electricity one. Like he fires it, and the the the, the subject just fucking ends up on fire. It's crazy. Um, yeah, all, all all of this actually really gave me a dread feel. Like that that's that's the thing that made me think like oh like you know um, hot shot or rapid fire. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, this actually has a little bit more of a dread feel for me. It does, but also like I don't want to go past the sound effects. Of these guns too, man. Like they're fucking. It's got these like bassy punch to them. Like as they fire, it's fucking badass, man. Um, and they have to cattle prod him to pull the trigger. I love like it, it's it's cool. They force him to shoot a live subject, a prawn, and man, they do a good job of making me feel sympathetic. Like just the way he's got his arms up and his like knees are like closer together. Fuck. Well, yeah, and this is where. I get I start feeling torn about Wickus because if Wickus really hated these prawns and shit, he'd be like, fuck it, blow, and just shoot him. Like, I don't believe that it's his, <clears throat> like, it's his bureaucratic sensibilities. Like, oh, this is illegal. We shouldn't be doing this. I do feel like he hits a point where this, like, this is fucked up. Like, this is, this is, not only is this illegal, but like, this is horrible and like, the, like, just so immoral of what they're, what they're doing. Um, Like, this is one of the only times where I actually really start to feel for him in this moment because it's, it's like being, uh, I don't know, it's like somebody putting a like a, a gun to your head or a gun to somebody else's, and it's like, well, if you don't do it, we'll kill you, and we'll kill them anyways. It's like, fuck it. Right. Well, think about how, just how, in how little time, his mind frame of M&U has changed. Like, 16 hours ago, which was, like, when he was exposed, he was all gung-ho about, like, M&U. is like, oh, I have a promotion, like, you know, and things like that. But now he's just like seeing a different side of MNU and he's just like, holy shit, man, like this is this is totally illegal. Like like he's being dragged through this fucking weird ass process, right? Like he knows they're not in the hospital anymore. Uh he's being dragged through this fucking experimentation lab and it's just like this I didn't know about this. I didn't know about this side of the stuff. So Right. Well, and him having to shoot the dude and the blood literally like being Kind of on his hands, like he comes back and splatters him. And you're like, "Fuck!" Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the doctor says the infection is going to spread, and his uh, body represents millions of dollars worth of biotechnology. They need to harvest, and they need to harvest quick. He will not survive. Tanya's father says he'll handle an extra kid, and the big boss just says, "I say we go." <laughs> Fuck! Imagine making that decision, and like the way the boss does it so nonchalantly as well. Jesus. Oh, well, the guy performing, he's like, what happens to him isn't important. You know, this body represents millions and billions right. of dollars. But I was like, wow, holy shit. Right. The boss says, I say we go. And the fucking doctor's like, okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, Tanya's father lies to her about what happened to Wickus as he gets experimented on, but he manages to overpower the doctors and breaks out with nothing but a scalpel. Wickers goes on the run like a madman. I love how he sneaks up behind that guy and takes his phone. <laughs> oh yeah, he just like like I was kind of hoping, I was kind of hoping he would steal the phone and the guy would start to give him shit and he just turn around and f- smack the fuck at him with that <laughs> with that 
with that danger claw. <laughs> just slaps him. <laughs> just rips his fucking head off. Just, oh, I'm so sorry. Fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, that sounded British. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> that sounded like a woman. Uh, he goes back to his place and uh, Evan, you're already there. He makes several phone calls with people who just shun him, shut him down. Um, and I just, I've known again, you for fucking 19 years. <laughs> <laughs> I was at your wedding. <laughs> He's hunted by helicopters and dob squads. Um, and uh, his value is that he can operate alien weaponry, right? Goes to Gunter's, a news report plays and says that Wickers had had prolonged sexual activities with aliens in District 9. He's highly contagious. <laughs> Look at this hand! This hand is fine! <laughs> I oh, and I, I don't want to go past the news reporter uh, who says that he's the only one who's ever been... Right. <clears throat> he's the only one who's been com- combined with the prawn DNA and actually survived. I was like, oh, okay. Like, that's mm. that's interesting. So it's like, oh, so you guys have tried this shit before and it didn't work out. I got gotcha. you. Right. right, exactly. It was like, this is a first kind of, yeah, first occurrence. Um, I don't want to go past the fucking manager coming out with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, he's like, stop, you fucking freak. Right, he just fucking, he manages to get a shot off as well. Wickers tries calling Tanya again, but gets no answer. Some amazing shots here as he looks out of the ship, but it's like, like like during the sunset. Looks awesome, dude. Wickers goes and hides in District 9, sleeps in one of the huts as the sounds of helicopters buzz overhead. Oh, uh, one thing when they're, sorry, not to backtrack, when they're when they're in like the burger joint and they, you know, he's like, oh, it was a sexually transmitted disease. And everybody starts looking at him and it's like, and people are warned to stay 20 meters away. And they might as well uh, have been like, and if you eat a burger within 10 feet of him, you will die immediately. <laughs> like It just gets worse and worse as the guy's talking. It's just, it's just like, it's just like, yeah, like let let's let him down slowly, <laughs> and let's add each kind of element as I as I say a sentence more and more. Like, hey, you want to get the fuck away from this guy? Ah, <laughs> uh, I love it. I love all of it. I like the first half of this movie is absolutely incredible. But we have reached the halfway point, Colin. What do you say about taking a break right here? Let's do it. Fuck yeah, guys. We'll be right back with more District Nine. Do not go anywhere. who made it this far into the episode just while we're taking a quick break here we've got a few things that we just wanted to put out there for any newcomers or if you're not part of our growing community maybe this could benefit you too firstly we just want to let the newbies know about our episodes and the way midnight double feature currently structured as you know right now you're listening to one of our feature presentations when we started the podcast we basically built the show around our feature presentations these are movies that we choose to cover and basically go through everything in the movie that's worth talking about sequentially these episodes are generally longer and we're definitely looking at ways to spice up our feature presentations by hopefully getting guests on. We also have our upcoming attractions episode. Typically, these come out during the week and are much more shorter than our feature presentations. These are hosted by Matt Vella and basically consist of a conversation between Matt and I about any movie news that's worth talking about, quick reviews of movies that are out of the cinema, and other hijinks. Finally, we have our special features. These are usually one-off special episodes that are mostly experimental and don't really have any specific definition. They could be a sit-down with a cast or crew member, a conversation between the host or just a straight up different thing that might not even relate to film. Before I let you get back to the episode, I just wanted to thank our listeners and supporters. We definitely couldn't have done any of this without your guys' constant support. If, for some reason, you're not a part of our growing community, head to our socials. 
We've got two pages on Facebook, Midnight Double Feature, which is our main page and has our formal announcements. And we also have the After Party, which is where we post memes, news and teasers of what's to come on Midnight Double Feature. We're also on Instagram, which is at Midnight Double Feature and Twitter, which is at MDF Pod. You can also send us an email if you have any grievances or would like to let us know what we're doing wrong. That's uh, Midnight Double Feature at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, guys. Back to the show. Welcome back. We are freshly squeezed, as we like to say, uh, and we're diving right the fuck back into District 9, man. Colin, you're back. You, you just fucking pinched a life, didn't you? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. I don't even know what that was. I don't even know what language. I, like, that was the uh, fucking otherworldly prawn language. I love it. I don't have yeah, subtitles just, for that shit. I, I, I love the way they talk. It's just like... Okay. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking cool, dude. I really dig that shit. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and you would have, like, they would have had to invent that shit as well, right? Like, yeah. I remember. Well, par- and, well part of it said that they came from the actual, like, way that a lot of um, people in Africa, like, the, like, the, like, the, the tongue clicking and stuff, like, that's, mm. that's kind of, oh, that's yeah. actually part of a lot of dialects there and stuff. Right, right. I, I remember, because uh, 2009, I remember Avatar was getting a lot of uh, praise for, you know, the Navi language that James Cameron invented. But I was like, man, like, the the, 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 the prawn in District 9 are pretty fucking badass. By the fucking way, dude, how did, how did Inglorious Bastards not win Best Picture this year? I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I just, I don't know. Whatever. All four oh, of yeah, those movies Locker, we talked yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. All right, man, 40, uh, 40 hours after the exposure, Wickus awakes in District 9 and anxiously looks for something to eat. Goes to this butcher, tells him he wants to buy some meat. Have you got some hamburger or steak roll? Like, what the fuck? Where do you think you are? Yeah, like him walking out and be like, do you have a California roll or <laughs> some, something that doesn't have, like, something that's kind of low-carb but, like, high-protein? Do you have a Zinger burger? Like, I'm just wondering. Yeah, him walking, uh, I'd love if he walked up with like a scarf on and like circle glasses and was like, do you guys have anything like vegan? Or... <laughs> it reminds me of, okay, and look, it's a terrible movie, but I remember watching it back in the day and there was one great joke. Uh, the movie Meet the Spartans. It's like one of those fucking bullshit, like terrible, scary movie ripoffs, uh, not oh, directed by yeah. scary movie. Yeah, so it's like fucking Leonidas in like the hot gates and like there's a subway there. He bites into it and he's like, no, mayo, it's bullshit. <laughs> I'm just like, what? <laughs> it's fucking bullshit. Like, what a shit movie. I'm sorry. Um, I'm, I'm sorry I took you down that path, Colin. That was not worth it. <laughs> um, Asks for cat food, munches that shit down and spits out his teeth. Man, the way he eats that cat food too. Jesus. He's frustrated Good. at himself like that he has to throw it away. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, this is what really reminds me of the fly right here. It's like, holy shit, I'm definitely getting some, like, this is great. You have, like, sci-fi that's not just, it kind of even gets, like, a, like the little bit of blend of body horror and shit. That's so great. Yeah, it's it's good stuff, man. Uh, he gets a call from Tanya. He tells her that her father is working against him. I would never, have, I would never have any kind of pornographic activity with a fucking creature. <laughs> uh, he's essentially in denial, right? Saying that he'll fix his arm and that he'll see her again. Uh, and man, this this kind of this phone call prompts him to go and grab an axe from the butcher. Fucking determined and shit. 
And he can't even do that right, man. Like, he ends up cutting off one of his fingers. <laughs> like, like, is he swinging for the arm? He's not swinging for the full arm, right? Like, he's just... what? What is his plan here? I was wondering about that. I wonder if he's just seeing, like, can I, can I even crack this thing? Because, like, they... They mentioned that earlier that they're they're that they're I guess whatever you want to call it, like their their outer exoskeleton or whatever is like kind of hard to crack. So it's like <clears throat> I I bet you even if he swings as hard as he can, he doesn't get through that fucking arm. Like you might take a finger off, sure, but like you're not gonna fucking get all the way through that arm. Not not with just a hatchet. Yeah, I, I thought I mean look, I thought he was kinda like gonna amputate it, like he was trying to amp- self amputate it, but I guess not. So Yeah. Um, but while he does that, he sees a bunch of MNU helicopters arriving. Love that formation, dude. Like, they're all just kind of sweeping it. That's awesome. Goes and hides in Christopher Johnson's shack. And, uh, man, Wickers has to work hard to convince him to let him stay, right? He sees all the computers, the wires leading to the basement, and just fucking collapses. Johnson sees his arm and figures, well, fuck, the white man is the chosen one to help us get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, allegory. <laughs> we we gotta go that way too. When he wakes up, uh, Johnson asks Wickers about the black liquid. Says it's at MNU because he confiscated it. Wickers finds out that they're beneath the shack. He's amazed. This is very illegal. <laughs> he just can't get the bureaucrat out of him, can he? Yeah, that's just saying, like, dude. Thank you. Yeah, Maybe. right. <laughs> right, exactly. Thank you for uh, hiding me, even after I threatened your son and said that he would be in a one one by one meter box. Jesus. Yeah, and then you took the fucking fuel. That's the only thing that I can get them out of there. <laughs> and then you're I've like, been oh, working well. twenty years together. Yeah, all this is uh, highly illegal. I'd have been like, dude, I wish he would have turned and just had this like, like, like I don't know, <clears throat> just like you know how peaceful and like, oh hey, and just. You know, these things are, if he'd have turned and just eyes red and ripped him apart, like I would have, like, honestly, I probably would have cheered. His his mouth, his mouth opens like the predator, like that fucking shit. Yeah. (laughs) Just screams in his face. Oh, man. Uh, CJ tells Wickus about the fuel and that they'll use it to fly away. Johnson says, too bad. I could have fixed you, which is what Wickus latches onto, right? We have medical machines here on the, oh, sorry. We have medical machines on the mothership that can fix you. (laughs) <laughs> and then the Wickers just changes his turn so, like, on the dime, dude. I always thought the prawns were intelligent, is what he says. Oh, dude, yeah. The look in his face when he's like, oh, too bad. I could have even fixed you. He's like, hmm? Like, it's, what? It's like, <clears throat> it's like blowing a whistle near a dog and the ears, like, perk up. He's like, huh? <laughs> Problem, though. They don't have the fluid. Wickers suggests collecting more, but uh, what they got took him 20 years to get. Johnson says the only way to get the fuel back is from MNU, and Wickers is like, no, that's like four, f- four floors underground, dude. And Johnson See, says, well, oh, no, my only, my only thing here is that, um, so, so CJ, well, big, big CJ, as we'll call it, big CJ knows that he he knows that he's not going to be able to take him immediately up there and get him fixed. Like he knows that. So I I kind of wish because you got to think about it. Like in, in in a sense, like Big CJ is like a perfect character. He does nothing wrong. He is totally the victim in all of this. So I would have actually liked to have seen him knowingly, and I think he does, but they don't really ever confirm it. It's him knowingly manipulating him and saying like, well, I kind of manipulated you. Like I can't. It's going to be three years, and it's like, dude, you didn't say three years when we started doing this, and and I I still think Wickus goes with it anyways, but 
I would have actually liked to have seen him say, it's the only way I could have gotten you to agree to help me. He's like, if I said it would have been three years, I would have been afraid you would have said no. And it's like, man, if, if they would have thrown that in there, I actually would have liked that to show that the prawns are not just this. Like, they, they are the victims in it, but they kind of have to get their hands dirty as well to get what they need done. I don't I don't know if I needed more. I, I, I like that it's kind of like it's it's a little it's a little more sly. Like I because I mean like we, we still end in the, we still end up in the same place, right? Like we still end up with him telling, Hey, it's gonna be three years, man. Like you know what I mean? And it's also it also makes for a good, like, you know, third act reveal, like a little twist. Um See <clears throat> No, and uh, that's what I'm saying. Like I still think you can save it for the third act. I just I think when he says it's going to be three years, he's like, what, three years? He's like, you never said anything about three years. I would have liked to have seen CJ just confirm that and say, like, yeah, like, I'm sorry I never told you that. You never would have come along. And then we have Wickus knocking him out and taking the ship. Like, I feel like that kind of warrants a little more of Wickus's response because he's like, oh, you didn't fucking tell me about this? Well, fuck you. I'm going to take your ship. Like, yeah. and I'm not saying... I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm saying that it would make that action even more, like, relatable and understandable. Mm. Uh, I, I see. I see what you're saying. Um, I I don't agree. Yeah, you know, you know what? I'm right. I'm <laughs> you're right. Fucking I'm wrong, right. bitch. <laughs> no, I I I like it. I like what you're saying. It's just I I think I think we get, I think we get enough because he is a perfect character. Christopher Johnson is a perfect character up until that moment where he tells him, "Hey, uh, it's going to be three years, and I have to save my people first. And like that comes to me, that comes at the perfect time because he's just seen his like brethren be fucking experimented on. So I, I, I like that reveal where it is. Mm, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, where are we? Okay. So yeah. He mentions that Wickus's transformation is speeding up and he doesn't have much time, right? 56 after the sorry, 56 hours after the exposure, he starts to see his skin falling away. This is wild, man. Like I love the effects here, the practical effects. Like just the fucking um the the skin like falling off his back, man. Ugh. Well, yeah, and him peeling, peeling the skin it off. off. I'm, yeah. I'm like, "Don't Peel it. Like, just don't fucking make it worse. I You're don't not trying to accelerate scabs. the fucking process, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, don't don't peel that shit, dude. Yeah. Yeah. He gets a call from Tanya, who says she doesn't know what to believe anymore, and that she believes Wickus. She wants everything back, and Wickus is over the moon. Man, Copley absolutely sells this moment. Like, he's just hearing his joy, hearing him like being like Tanya, like all I want is you. Like, you know, it's just. Copley just fucking knocks this out of the park, dude. The like it's it's so genuine and the pleading that he can fix himself so they can get back together, it's it's great. Yeah, especially that- for especially for a guy who's fucking never acted in dick. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Turns out that MNU is listening and that they have a fix on his location. Fucking sly cunts. CJ wants to learn about his home. Johnson says they're going to the new te- uh, tents that Evan Yu built, to which Wicker says, hey, man, they suck. <laughs> they're essentially uh, forcing you into a concentration camp, right? Wicker asks Johnson, uh, whoops, that fucking note is wrong. I, I wrote Wicker asks Johnson come questions, some questions. Yeah, okay, that's it. Sorry, guys. Midnight double feature behind the scenes shit. <laughs> Ask what will happen when he gets the fluid. The prawns go home and Wickers goes back to normal. He wants to confirm, right? Like, he's like, before we do this, I need to make sure that, that you, you know, everything is going to go the way you say it's going to go. 
He says they know where they can get some weapons. In the morning, they visit the Nigerians. How did you do this one? It's doggy style with the demon. <laughs> hey, did you wear a condom? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Hey, that guy just fucking goes brutal. He just pulls out a fucking pistol and fucking puts it in his face. He gets bought in front of Obisanjo, who gets wheeled in from a... Did you catch this? He gets wheeled in from a room with a crying woman, and you hear a voice in the background, Shut up, you lying bitch. What the fuck? What is happening yeah. in that room? <laughs> I'd, I'd love if it cut in and they were playing, like, Uno, and he's like, Yeah, draw four and reverse, <laughs> motherfucker. You lying bitch. <laughs> he's playing Scrabble. He's like, And I have universes. She's like, Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> That's awesome. But I, I also like that, like, they throw, like, Wickus in this kind of, like, pit kind of thing. Like, it's kind of, like, yeah. dug out. So it's kind of like, you know, you're, you're fucking lesser than me. Like, I, I like that little that little element of it. It's awesome. Uh, Wickus asks for a bunch of weapons, mines and alien weapons, pulls out the cash, immediately gets taken. Like, why would you just pull out the cash? Like, you know it's, I don't know. Realizing that this may have been a mistake, Wickers tells them, for, tells them to forget the weapons. He gets beat down but manages to get hold of an alien weapon. Some kind of some kind of rifle. It looks like an airburst kind of thing. Like it fires air. And he blasts like two guys away, man. Like this fucking thing is awesome. Especially like yeah, there's, this this, there's this close-up of like Wickers holding the barrel of the gun close to Abusanjo. It's awesome. Well, whatever gun he has is basically the thunder gun from Nazi zombies. That's like all it is. Love it. Love it. He threatens Obisanjo and uh, gets them to give him the weapons. Obisanjo wants the arms. Oh, what the fucking arm? <laughs> Tells Wickers that he's coming for him. I would have loved to have seen Rocket Raccoon somewhere in the background be like, I want that arm. Yeah, that's awesome. Good fucking pull, dude. Love it. Cut to MNU. Kubis reassures Tanya's father that it's going to be quick, clean, and quiet as MNU forces advance on Jan- Johnson's shack, which they find empty. And then, uh, boom, right? Cut to an assault on MNU headquarters. Dude, dude, like, there is an awesome shot here as Johnson and Wickers make their way through the rubble and Johnson's just firing at unseen MNU guards. It looks, it looks badass. Like, I like that. I like that, like, we don't see everything. Like, it's just kind of like we're in the moment. It's awesome. Kubis tells his guys to switch to live ammo despite orders on the contrary. Did you notice? Okay, so you might not have caught this because you're not really a big Blomkamp guy. So when they're trying to make their way inside the uh, the lab, they're kind of like stuck outside these doors, right? And um, on the wall, you can see the words Tetraval. So T-E-T-R-A-V-A-A-L. So Tetraval was the name of Blomkamp's first short film, uh, which he directed oh, in cool. 2004. Yeah. And also Tetraval... That first short film is what would become the movie Chappie. Very similar to Alive in Joburg was, you know, District 9. Tetraval was Chappie. Uh, also, yeah, the company, the security company in Te- in Chappie is called Tetraval. So that's why that's how I picked up. I was like, Tetraval, I've heard of that before. And I Googled it and there it was. Nice little Easter egg. That's awesome, dude. Like, <clears throat> as I'm watching this, you know what I would like rack this movie up with is like ex machina and automata and like stuff like that like this new wave of like sci-fi that's been coming out like the i guess the 20 the 2010 kind of like sci-fi because Mm. um and i know this is oh nine but so whatever um because i think that this this is kind of the beginning 
of this awesome kickoff of sci-fi, you know, Blade Runner 2049, Ex Machina, Automata, like these great um, sci-fi films, uh, you know, Chappie even, um, you know, and stuff like that. That's, I mean, it's it's all very different, but they they have very similar themes and they're these low budget, high concept um, kind of sci-fi films that most of the time take place in like one location. And it's a group of people who are being oppressed that need even Automata is kind of similar to this movie in a way. And now that I think about it, um, whereas like Antonio Banderas is like helping these androids and he winds up being on the run from his company that he works for that makes the androids. And you're like, oh, OK, cool. Like, I, I highly suggest Automata. Definitely Ex Machina. Those are great movies. But I, I feel like we're in a really great time of sci-fi and horror right now. And this movie is a perfect example of like, I feel like the kickoff of that. Dude, Ex Machina is a thing unto itself, man. Um, Alex Garland, that fucking director, man, he's awesome. He wrote Dread. He's he's just he's got his finger on the trigger, man. Like uh, he also did Annihilation. Check that out. It's a fucking head twist. But I do want to see Automata, man. Like like that shit looks awesome. Uh, is that um who is it? Who's who is it again? Who's the lead? Are you talking about? Oh, Antonio Banderas. Yeah, that's right. I was like, I knew it's, uh, I couldn't fucking, I was like, I knew, it's an actor that I, I haven't seen in a very long time. <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Uh, but I also don't want to go part, like you mentioned Automata and Ex Machina. I want to mention fucking X-Files, dude. Like this whole kind of like basement level, like we've been experimenting on these aliens for a very long time kind of thing. I love I love that element of like science fiction movies, dude. Of alien science fiction movies, like that kind of like this is such a big secret that you know if it gets out, then we're fucked. I love that shit. Well, and that's one thing actually to talk about the X Files versus like the what is it the UMN in this right UMN is the, name of the company MNU. It's basically OCP from RoboCop. Whatever. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, but there's there's something I really love about um, the. This this kind of company versus like the X-Files, because with the X-Files, it seems like no matter what, they can never get a leg up on anybody like they're like they're always 10 steps behind the cigarette smoking man. And right. like th there's just the shadow people kind of government thing. But this like they're actually f like like fallible, like they can't they can't control everything. Like when she actually calls Wickus, I totally expected it to not be her. I actually thought it was going to be like a, some kind of like like voice recording or they either had a gun to her head and were making her do this. But I didn't, I, I thought that this was a ploy to get Wickus to come out. And as I was watching, it's like, Oh, this is cool. But I, I've been conditioned by the X-Files to believe that they're like, Oh, fuck it. You're just big corporate government, whatever you can do anything you want. And I like the fact that in this, they can't, they're not, they're not just indestructible and unstoppable. Well, I mean, Em and you were listening to that phone call though, weren't they? Right. Like, I think, but the difference between picking up on a conversation that happens oh, naturally. Oh, right. And or, having it, yeah. And having it actually staged is different. Right. Yeah. I get what you mean. Yep. 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 All right, man. Let's, uh, let's get into this fucking crazy scene, man. Holy shit. The way the guard explodes into a fucking violent burst of blood and guts after Wickers, after he shoots Wickers and Wickers fires back. Like, that's the first time you see, like, someone get absolutely fucked up by one of these energy weapons. Crazy. Just the way they just explode. Oh, was not expecting that, man, the first time I saw it. What did you think of, like, those deaths in this movie? Well, I knew that it was going to be something something kind of crazy. I, 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 I do wish that it wasn't just bodies exploding sometimes. Like, I wish there was something 
Um, like, because he uses a variety of weapons. Like, I wish there was something like you shoot a guy, he just freezes over and just bursts into pieces or something. Or maybe something that's like a flamethrower, because you shoot him with that electric gun and they're just exploding. And I was like, ah, I kind of want to see a guy just like get cooked to death, you know, just just like electric current running through his body. But I mean, they're trying to keep simple and they're playing close close to the chest with the budget that they do have. And that's what I was going to say. I still love it, though, and I think that's why I drew an earlier comparison to Django because of this ultra, almost like humorous kind of violence. Mm, yeah, like it, it seems, it seems self aware, but at the same time, it doesn't. Like with with Tarantino, it's easier to tell because it's Tarantino. But uh, yeah. Um. So where are we? Okay. Wickers finds the cylinder as Johnson is distracted by the horror as he sees his dead brothers ex- being experimented on. Uh, again, man, some great practical effects here as he looks down on this one corpse. Uh, and Kubis's guys enter the room. Awesome. Dude, I love this shit. There is an awesome shot down the barrel of the gun as they engage Wickers. Like that, there's like this, like the first shot they fire, like Kubis's men. The camera, I don't know how they did this. The camera is kind of like static down the barrel of the weapon it it's tough to explain but once you pick up on it it's very it's very unique it's very awesome it feels like a first person shooter except the camera's pointed the other way (laughs) oh okay i got you i know what you're talking about now it looks cool yeah uh wickers tells johnson to think of his boy and he snaps out of his trance uh, he constructs an IED and throws it at a wall, and they end up in the car park where they take an MNU Ute. I'm going to say Ute. You can say pickup, bitch. I'm going to say Ute. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I love. I love as they're driving. Those guards are unloading, and he he just starts laughing. He's like, <laughs> like, like, what the fuck are you going to do for? For once, it pays to be like have this equipment and and, and be in one of these vehicles. Like, I'm sure he's. So used to seeing one of those and just like, oh, fuck, and having to hide. And now you're like, oh, I'm actually in one of these. Like, wow, that's that's great to use that to use their own shit against them. Against you know? them. Yeah. I, I Yeah. I love this fucking this last ditch effort. Fucking parking guard is just firing like shotgun bullets into the windshield. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so they're on the run. Kubis fires at them from the helicopter. All of this is great, man. Really well done. Like, I... It really stretches the $30 million budget. Like, it it feels like... I feel like the budget should have been reported higher or some shit, man. Like, they make these action sequences pretty pretty big. Like, there's a lot going on here. So, they... Like, honestly, it might, that might be just Peter Jackson fucking bankrolling it. <laughs> but it's, it's crazy. Well, because I heard that, you know, Peter Jackson's production company was one who was supposed to be putting on Halo. It falls through, whatever happens. So he just told Neil, he was like, it's like a blank check. Do whatever you want. Yeah. And he was like, all right. And he's like, well, I don't really need that much. You know, and I was mm-hmm. like, wow, that's incredible. You know, and I'm not so sure, you know, Peter Jackson's probably a friend of his. He's not like, I need $150 million, you know, for my first movie. Right. I just, I, I just want to one day see a Pelican dropship in a movie. Like, that's all I want. <laughs> Marines! Marines! Yeah. Oh, man. And, uh, man, jumping off the bridge onto the Spartan and taking it down from the inside. Yeah, I I need to see that shit in my life. But anyway, I digress with Halo. I'm done with Halo, guys. Sorry. Um, where are we? So they get back to... (laughs) Oh! 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 I just oh, so I used good. to leave the menu on for so long, eh? Like I just oh, let, dude, let it that play. Halo that Halo 2 soundtrack had like Incubus and Breaking Benjamin. I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. It's awesome. 
They go back to Johnson's place and Wickers asks how long it's going to take, and this is where it happens, right? Johnson says it'll take three years to fix. Slow down with the clicks there. <laughs> yeah. Johnson says he will fix him, but he will save his people first. He will not tolerate them being medical experiments. I'm a fucking medical experiment. <laughs> this is, um, yeah, again, man, I, I really like this twist. I did not see it come in the first time. I was just like, oh, all right, so maybe the aliens are a bit more sly than we, uh, than they you know, initially made out to be. But honestly, it's kind of understandable if you're in Christopher Johnson's shoes. Right, yeah, that... That's that's kind that's kind of what I'm saying. Like I I just wish there was like a little bit of confirmation here. And he was like, "Yes, I deliberately withheld that information." But like, would you have helped me? Like, mm. put, let's put it this way: you you can either stay here your whole life, you'll either be killed or you'll become a prawn. Either way, you're not going back to your wife. Or you can let me leave. I'll come back in three years, and we'll take you back up there if you if you still want to be changed. Right. Right, and three years, man. Jesus Christ, like that—that that would feel like. Think about all that's. This is this takes place in seventy-two hours. <laughs> like you know what I mean. This whole movie takes place in seventy-two hours. So imagine three years. Like what? How advanced his his metamorphosis must be in three years? Jesus. Yeah, I mean it shows us, but yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, Wickers knocks Johnson out as Kubis and his boys advance on the shack. Kubis orders Johnson to open the trap door, but it ain't happening. Um, I don't particularly love Kubis's dialogue here or anytime. Actually, Kubis's dialogue is a little... Uh, it's very plain Jane military shit. Um, well, he's a very two-dimensional villain. Yeah, like he, yeah. He's just kind of like, I'm going to point a gun and be racist. And it's like, all right, right cool. I mean, that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of everybody. Like, right. I think if I, if you want to flesh him out, give Kubis, uh, is it, it's, it's Kubis or Kubis? Kubis, K-O-O-B-U-S. Okay, Kubis. I was putting an R in there. I think if you give him, give him like a look like Cable, give him that one white eye and like some scars going down him and be like, this is what happens when I, when we let you people run. Like, give him a story of, you know, give us a physical thing that we can see like, oh shit, he got fucked up by one of these things and he's a little bit more bigoted than most people right um, he's got some kind of personal vendetta against him yeah i like that right exactly yeah it, the line that i hate is just like i love watching you prawns die yeah i don't know i yeah nah. not on board uh Wickus manages to start the ship and takes off dude it's one of my favorite shots in the entire movie uh as kubis and johnson escape the fucking ground falling away behind them that is one of my favorite shots man so cool. Now this this ship that he's taking off in this is this sensor module or whatever that fell at the yeah, beginning the command of the movie, module. right? Yeah, command that's it. module. Okay, I just yeah. wanted to make sure. I I was like ninety nine percent sure, but yeah, I'm assuming it fell off. Um, then I think Christopher Johnson uh, kind of like buried it or some shit, and they built the shack over it. I think that's what's uh, happening. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Sam side takes down the ship. Man, this is fucking badass. I was not expecting like this kind of like level of of uh, action, right? Like I was just like, damn! Like now you've uh, you've lost our last hope, essentially. <laughs> well, yeah, and this some of this does start to it. It gets a little like draggy here for me because I, I don't. I feel like we're watching like an end game when everybody's shuffling around with a gauntlet. Like I, I feel like, you know, they get there, they get captured, they don't get captured, they get released. The Nigerians get them. They get released from the Nigerians. They start running. The the NMNU shows up. They start running from that. I was like, okay, dude, you're literally like out of the frying pan, into the fryer, out of the frying pan. And like, it's constantly back and forth for the next, 
you know, a couple minutes, <clears throat> but I don't think I need them actually getting captured, getting detained. And then the Nigerians come in like I would have loved when they get shoot, when they get shot down, the N NMU starts, you know, cir circling them. And then the, the, the Nigerians come in like I don't need to go as far as seeing them getting like locked up and stuff. It's like, yeah, you could have cut like 10, 15 minutes out there. Honestly, I agree. I, I, I definitely agree with that, because as I was just taking the notes, I wrote the same thing. I feel like because he gets captured by the Nigerians twice in the span of 30 minutes or so, and it just it feels a little repetitive. No, yeah, for sure. That's exactly what I'm saying. Mm, yeah. Uh, Obisandro sees the ship on its way down and sends his guys to the crash site. M&U trucks pull up to the wreckage, and Kubis goes to investigate when sees Wickers crawling away before loading him into the truck. This all happens while CJ is hiding and looking on as they haul Wickers away. So, 72 hours after the exposure, Wickers and Johnson are being led away in Avenue trucks before they're ambushed by the Nigerians, who just start raining RPG fire and flipping their vehicles and shit, right? Like, all hell breaks loose. Kubis calls for backup as the Nigerians cut Wickers out of the upturned ute, uh, and they bring him to Obisanjo, right? Who orders them to cut his arm off, essentially. More MNU agents arrive at the location, helicopters, it's massive firefight, blah, blah, blah. I'm not really going to go into the specifics of this unless you want to point something specific out. Um, no, no, yeah. no. It's I'm, all just, you know, <laughs> gunfire and grenades being thrown and shit. I, I do love the NMU guy firing through the windshield and just the red mist popping up. Oh, like cool. he's fire. I was like, oh, I always love those shots. The cracked glass and the blood. I was like, ah, it's cool. The Logan shit, like the stabbing through the fucking glass. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We get a look in on CJ, who manages to wake the sleeping beast mothership from the uh, from the command module. Awesome moment as the glass in the buildings just erupt, dude. I love it. I love it. I love all that shit. And uh, holy shit, the mech comes alive. The blocking of the bullets and dispersing them. Come on. Come on. No, yeah, that, that shit's badass because, like, if you watch... The original short film that uh, that Neil Blomkamp made for made for this the like in the beginning of it it's it's actually a prawn in a in a like a mech suit like the power armor and it's oh, two guys cool. it's two soldiers coming up and engaging him and they start shooting at him and he just picks up like one of those giant white trucks with the it's like it's a, it's a whole suit but the suit has like this TK kind of telekinetic power and he's able to pick the whole truck up and throw it at them and i was like oh shit like that's cool it's and i'm glad badass. they scaled yeah like i'm glad they scaled that back because imagine all of these prawns and like power armor and that shit like dude you, they'd be so op'd you know like that's that's you know so fucking overpowered um right it wouldn't like be a the, slum I, anymore right yeah i, I like the fact that this because I, I mean any of my anybody who knows me know how obsessed i am with like mech armor and shit like literally i was just playing anthem for like three hours today um, <clears throat> like I've always been a big fan of mech armor kind of shit. I played a lot of mech assault back in the day. It's one of the oh, big me fan too. Of like, oh, dude, I fucking love mech assault. <laughs> me too. Uh, that's my favorite part of Fallout. Love I it. love the power armor. Love uh, it. I love getting I love getting mods for power armor on uh, Fallout. I've got one that's the War Machine armor from Iron Man. I've got one that's the Batman versus Superman, um, like the the big metal suit. Like, actually, what's funny is in, that's in my Fallout. Oh fuck! Um, <laughs> in Fallout Four, one of my settlements is just my power armor set power armor settlement because I have, I think like fifteen or sixteen suits of power armor in there, and they're all different like suits. They all have different colors. It's like walking into the Batcave. I'm like, what do I want to wear today? 
That's badass, dude. Yeah, I've always been kind of like attracted to fucking Mac, Max and shit as well, man. Like just the just the sheer power of it. Like uh, that's why I remember I was like, man, like the shit that they have in Avatar, because like right, those, yeah. those massive mechs. Yeah, or like Matrix Matrix Revolutions when they're in oh, those yeah. shoots just fucking gunning down those cells. Oh. oh, that's badass. You know what? Not a great movie, but man, like when they all fucking focus their firepower at that hole in the roof, like as the Sentinels are coming down. Oh, damn, dude, that was the one of the first times we had surround sound, and we would turn it up all the way to like sixty. That and Rambo three, Fuck. and just fucking let it play. Like, oh my god. That's awesome, dude. But yeah, man, the blocking of the bullets. I just I wasn't expecting any of this first time around, and I was like, that. Uh, and look, don't forget, I'm 16 when I first see this, so I'm just like, that is fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and man, Obasanjo <laughs> just gets fucked up, man. He fires something into his forehead, and it just fucking <laughs> inflates and explodes. <laughs> What a what a over the top death, but I I never get bored of watching it. <laughs> yeah, like he like he shoots him in the head, and the thing that goes into his head is like a dildo. It's this huge <laughs> fucking thing, and it just blows his head uh, up. Like he looks like fucking Brainiac. I was yeah. like, oh, no, no, no. What's that guy in Green Lantern? Green Lantern, the uh, one with uh, the huge uh, head, like the brain or whatever. Hector, Hector Hammond is his name, but I forgot what the character's name in. Is, um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not very important. No, it's um, not. It's Peter Sarsgaard. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, but man, I, I, I yeah, I yeah. love that. Like his head, his head, like swelling up. Like he, he looks like. Have you ever seen the video back in the day called Rubber Johnny? No, it is creepy as fuck. But it's a guy. <clears throat> it's a guy in a wheelchair. It's not real, but it was this video of a guy in a wheelchair with this huge bulbous head like dancing in his wheelchair he's like real skinny has his huge head and it's black and white it is creepy as fuck the fuck but that's that's the first thing just if you ever want to get creeped out just google it um but that's the first thing i thought of i was like oh god like as soon as i saw it it's very um disturbing i don't even really care about his head exploding but just seeing it swell up like that oh, I was like, yeah. oh. I was thinking Megamind, yeah, that that animation. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, awesome shot of the helicopters approaching the mothership, which is now moving. Uh, MNU gets Johnson out of the vehicle and orders to, uh, orders. Sorry, MNU agents get Johnson out of the vehicle and orders him to tell him what the plan is. Meanwhile, uh, Wickus gets in the mech and confronts Kubis. Hey, Kubis, maybe don't call him Dickus while he's inside a piece of alien hardware. Maybe. Just yeah, not a <laughs> clever a move. Bad idea. Not a, not a clever move. Wickers tells Kubis that they can have the prawn and just let him go. Right? He just fucking leaves, like a fucking coward. But character growth. <laughs> Wickers overhears the kill order and decides to go back. I love, dude. Little detail. Well, little detail right now, but we get it later, much more uh, prominently. I love his eye, like slowly turning alien. Yeah, I, I I like that. It's kind of you literally see like the duality of it. It's like you, cool. You, you, yeah, you see him like like two face. It's like half and half. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. You make your own luck. <laughs> Wicker shoots this goon's arm off and just fucking stomps on it as he looks at it. <laughs> yeah, I love that moment, dude. Like like the guy, the goon's on the ground and Wicker's is like mech just steps on his arm. <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Wickers protects Johnson to get him to his son. Uh, sorry, protects Johnson and gets him to his son as MNU agents fire on them. This fucking mech is badass, man. Like, one one shot kills these dudes, like, in the oncoming truck. 
but man, this 50 cal like ends up kind of like taking him down for a second until he recovers and just absolutely destroys that sniper. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, and- apparently this is a completely real gun. This giant, it looks like a Barrett 50 cal, but Barrett it's 50 not. Cal, yeah. like, oh, is it not? It's no, I, I, it's some, it has some crazy ass fucking name, but it's, it's actually the first time it's ever been shown on film. And ironically, it's only made in South Africa. Oh, wow. Jesus Christ. Those South Africans are planning to take over the world. Jesus. Looks like, it reminds yeah. me of the fucking guns from Robocop. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that or, you know, Call of Duty, the Barrett 50 Cal. That's yeah. all I was thinking of, which is like, whole. I mean, I, whatever the fuck gun it actually is, like, good God, like, for it to put that fucking thing down. But I, I also like the fact that the mech is not, it's not impenetrable or it's not, right. it's not just this, you know, like, it's not God mode. Right. When I'm when I'm playing fucking Fallout, like, dude, I have run up on a raider camp and it's just like that scene in Robocop when they start unloading <laughs> on him. It's like ping, 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 yeah, ping, and yeah. it doesn't even fucking affect me. And I'm just like, whatever. You're just like you you roll up in a raider camp and you're like da 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 yeah. <laughs> I go in there with a fucking auto shotgun with a bayonet on it and just literally taking people's heads off and vaps. <laughs> the raider camp is like dusted in white with all the cocaine. <laughs> Uh, Wickus eventually takes too many hits Tells Johnson to go ahead and that he'll hold him off Take your boy, go home, right? Character arc complete, achievement unlocked, essentially <laughs> And this this is what I think is actually one of the most iconic shots Is when they're running And he's kind of like hovering over Johnson And Johnson's got the, the car the door. door Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's probably, that's the shot that I saw the most That's what I think is the most iconic one Oh, dude, one of the shots that I saw uh, is coming up right... It's coming up soon. You can probably already guess it. I think it was in the trailers from what I remember. Um, So Johnson promises to come back for him. Three years, he promises. Dude, there is an awesome stunt here as a ute just fucking drives full speed into the mech and just goes flying. Damn, that looked awesome. Awesome. They said they had two of these trucks and <clears throat> they were able to save one, but they're like, nah, this <laughs> that, that stunt completely destroyed that truck. <laughs> they're oh, like, it course. really got fucked up. That flip is just badass, man. I love it's all just like one kind of like one shot, no cuts, like in, in, camera, in camera stuff. It's awesome. And uh, Wickers makes his last stand, right? Like the guy, this guy, this guy in the tower with the minigun just gets liquefied. <laughs> Well, and have we hit the part where he unloads, like, the missile barrage, where he's, like, cycling nah, through the weapons? we're about to. Okay. We're about to. Okay. That's fucking badass, dude. Wait, wait, we still got a couple more stuff that this uh, that this mech's about to go on, uh, go through. One of them is the gravity gun with the pig. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That's dude, awesome, yeah. Well, I mean, it's and it's awesome seeing them you know taking something that's literally like a lamb to the slaughter and just in using that as a weapon like it's like oh that's fucking cool like just just pelts it into this guy who gets slammed into a shack yeah like like i love the uh like the symbolism behind that of taking this like defenseless animal that people just fuck it kill and it's actually pigs are this random pigs are really intelligent animals a lot of people think of them as just like these filthy shitty stupid animals but you take this like defenseless intelligent animal and and you know literally just feed it to these things i think there's something really symbolic about picking that thing thing up and literally launching it at somebody i love it i love it um yeah so the mothership uses tractor beam to beam johnson and cj who are inside the command module up 
And this is where we get the bunch of rockets, right? The fucking awesome cycling through the the different weapons. How cool is this, dude? Yeah, where was that ten minutes ago, motherfucker? Oh, no. Like that. <laughs> well, because there's there's a lot. Like this is a little nitpick of mine. It is because when he's when he's running and he's getting shot up, like his you know his suit's getting really fucked up, and I, and I can understand that. But he like he's like doing this like total march back towards them and just unloading and like killing everybody with like one shot and fucking shit up. And I'm like, dude, you could have done that like five minutes ago. Just turn, just turn around and run and gun. Like you can still provide cover and just turn and shoot as you're running away. Like, I was like, dude, this what you, you probably would have gotten out of here. It's maybe bullshit. Yeah. Well, plus it's probably his first time, <laughs> first time right. in a mech suit. In a fucking alien mech suit. Yeah, probably. Kubis aims. Okay. So this was the shot, dude. Like, this is the shot that I'd seen everywhere. Kubis aims the RPG at the command module, but Wickers catches it, man. Holy shit. Like, yeah, that's great. Love that. Love it. I also like the fact that he, he catches it and it blows the arm off, but I'm pretty sure that's the same arm that's turning prawn. It's like, oh, that's cool. Like it's, you know, him losing the mech arm ah. is like him losing him losing the real arm. It's like, oh, okay. Symbolism. Love it. Uh, but yeah, he's distracted momentarily as a Ute puts the mech out of commission. Wickus ejects out of it, or rather falls out, as Kubis advances on him. And man, does Kubis get his comeuppance, right? Oh, dude. Well, and also him him fucking shooting him in the back as he's getting up. Hmm. Like, like I, th- I thought for sure, I thought for sure he was dead. When he rolls up and fucking, it's like a shotgun, he puts right into his back. I was yeah. like, oh, fuck. It's like he's fucking dead, but he just—I was like, oh, it's just the suit. Never mind. I like the suit. The suit is kind of like biomechanical, like it's coughing up stuff. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, like, like 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 the liquid. Is it like the black liquid, the fuel? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was mm. like, oh, this is cool. Like it's it's not it's not just this like leaking oil and shit. Like when it gets shot in the back and it drops its head down, it just like bleh, like coughs up all the shit. I was like, oh, this is really neat. I like that. It's cool. It's it's not just old metal. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, the mothership leaves the atmosphere as Wickus and the world watch on, right? And then we get the last known footage. There's theories out there that Wickus has been captured by MNU or some shady government agency. Uh, in my opinion, what's the difference? <laughs> um, and man, it's just kind of sad as his father says um, he he died in his mind a long time ago. Fuck. Right. Yeah. It, well. Yeah. It, it just it's kind of it kind of ended up being one of those things where um, <clears throat> like. Oh, God, I can't remember what I was watching. It's some kind of it was a documentary or something about like World War Two. And uh, God, I can't remember. But there there was a guy they blamed for something, something terrible. But he took the blame because ultimately it ended up being better than people actually finding out. Like it was like the mayor or somebody in a town had did something awful. And he was like the police chief. And he took the brunt of it because he was like, if they if the you know there would have been rioting, people would have died. He's like, but at the, at the end of the day. I knew what the score really was, and that's all that mattered. He's like, I didn't care what people thought of me because the, the fact that I did what I did gave them even gave them even the possibility of having that thought. Because if not, they would have been fucking killed. Mm. I was like, God, that's so heavy, <laughs> fucking man. Like, deep. Well, it's very dark night. It's very oh, taking yeah. the blame for something that you didn't do to make the world a better place. Like that's that's awesome. It's a really insane concept, and it's it, it, it's heroic as fuck, man. Like you know what I mean? Like talk about heroism. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fundesma says he looked into the system and found evidence, right? And we get this, like, faux sort of, like, 
closing captions that's at the end of every like true story documentary thing. Uh, Fenduza is awaiting trial for exposing the program. District 9 was demolished and now District 10 holds 2.5 million prawns. And uh, we get our final scene. Tanya found a rose at the front door. She thought it was a piece of rubbish. Uh, thought it might have been from Wickus. And then we get the final shot of Wickus making the rose. Okay, <clears throat> so this is some of the trivia that I was talking about. I just need to get, I need to get pulled up right on the scene real quick where we're talking about uh, Tanya, um, because I, I need to pull it up and make sure that I'm actually looking at it right. <clears throat> um, I'm like ninety nine point nine 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 percent sure that she has sonogram pictures on the mirror behind her, which means that she's pregnant. Um, what? Right. And I was like, oh, that's fucking crazy. I was like, that, I mean, it just adds a whole other fucking level, um, to the, to the, to the fact that, like, so I wonder to what extent, like, he knows if he's been coming back, you know, like, if he's been dropping this shit off and, like, seeing her and stuff. Um, because, and one of the things that I kind of forget all about is, you know, she says, you know, I found this on my front door. Yeah, there's totally. It's at the top left of the uh, top left corner of the mirror. There's all these like sonogra- uh, uh, sonograms. Is that what it's called? Um, but um, <clears throat> the um, the, the 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 little flower thing is such. A, and I totally forgot about this. It's a callback to the thing that she talks about in the beginning that he made right. and that she sat on. Like, oh shade. fuck! Yeah, right. Yeah, I fucking forgot all about it. Um, but then it cut. It actually cuts to. Uh, I I guess. I mean, some time has had to have passed because they're like, oh, this is the last known photograph of 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 him. And then we cut and we see him like a full like prawn. Full prawn now. So yeah. It's like, how, yeah. How long has it been? Like probably a couple months, maybe a year, you know, for the whole process to like take over, you know, um, which I, I, I mean, it, what it took 72 hours to basically take his whole arm. So I'm like, ah, it's probably a week or two at most, you know, that he that he that he's turned into this thing. But I feel like. They're all looking at this retrospectively. We we have his assistant, you know, in the corrections department. We have all this aftermath. So it's probably been like a year, year and a half, I think, uh, if I had to guess. But um, but I mean, yeah, that's I mean, that's pretty much it, right? That's pretty much it, man. That's District Nine. Fuck. Well, let me <clears throat> let me ask you something. Do you think that Chris Johnson comes back? I think yes. I maybe it's just because I I think I think Chris Johnson, you know, I don't think that he planned uh, to leave and then come back. I mean, I think he left and then came back. That decision was made after solely seeing the experimentation. Um, I think the only thing that he really kind of lied about was the three year thing, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like, like, like that, that is the only kind of full on lie that he told Wickers. Um, and then it was, it wasn't, it wasn't until after that where Chris Johnson saw those bodies and he's just like, well, look, man, I got to go save my people and I'm going to come back for you. Uh, and honestly, I think he comes back with an army. See, I was wondering about that because I I don't know like I don't I don't think he comes back quite with like an army. I think he comes back with like hey well let me take that back. He probably comes back with a lot of reinforcements and he's just like we're taking our people, we're leaving and we don't want any problems. But I I can totally see the government being like no. Like we we want to know how to work this technology. This is insane. You know, they're they're not going to just like let them leave 
without some kind of fight. But I don't know if I, I don't, I don't want to see that movie because then it just becomes a war thing. It just becomes a sci-fi. Right. It becomes Independence Day. Yeah. Right, which is cool, but at the same time, I'm like, dude, you, that is such a step down from what the first oh, movie of is about. That's why I'm saying, like, I don't want a sequel. Right, exactly, and <clears throat> I think, I think the only way I, I want to see a sequel is if if it actually ends up being a thing of Chris Johnson comes back uh, to get Wickus, and Wickus is just like, no, like I just want to stay here, like, like, like this, this is like he almost has to like convince him, like you'll be the only prawn left on earth. And he's like, well, I was never really a prawn to begin with. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like I would actually love to see that, like him coming back and almost trying to convince him. Like, I think there is an interesting story there, but if it was interesting enough, it probably already would have happened. Yeah. Yeah. I I see what you're saying. I I just, I just don't want to see a continuation. I think, um, I think this is a really tragic story for Wickus, but I I like that. I like what his character goes through. I like that he starts off as this insensitive dick. Um and like, you know, through experiencing the world, through experiencing like like what what humanity is fucking capable of, he changes his tune, doesn't he? Um I I like that story element of it. I I don't I don't really want to see any more of it. Like I don't want to see where else it goes. Um, I think if you do do a sequel to this, I think you do it from a different perspective. I think you don't even acknowledge Wickus. I think you don't have him as a character. I think you don't have Chris Johnson as a character. Um, I think you just do the plight of the prawns from a different perspective, maybe from another prawns perspective. Yeah, Blancomp even said, he's like, if we do anything, it'll probably be a prequel. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Like, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, you have 20 years. You, you have know, a 20 year 20, gap. Years exactly. Yeah. Um, you could write so, one this shit. Right. So this has been pretty much like commercially and critically very successful um, across. I mean, even on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got like a 90 percent and did great at the box office. But I pulled up this review. I looked on IMDb. I was looking for one star reviews. I found one. Oh, it's pretty yes. good. It's pretty good. Um, Hit me. Avoid. <laughs> Avoid if you're not a moron is the name of this. I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta see what this person's talking about. Um, uh, the world has gone mad. How on earth this film has gained such a high score is beyond me. It is laugh out loud dreadful, dreadful in capital letters. Um, the premise is reasonably interesting, but it is executed in a ridiculous fashion. There is nothing remotely realistic in this film, despite the pseudo documentary feel to the early parts. Here's what you do get. A man who looks remarkably like Spike Jones running around. <laughs> a man who looks remarkably like Spike Jones running around the slums of South Africa, swearing in what sounds like a cross between a Liverpool and Glasgow accent, whilst uh, whilst waving a rubber hand at various extras from the cantina scene in Star Wars. <laughs> this this person hates this movie. Um I'm sure I saw Jar Jar Binks writing a bantha in the background. Don't be fooled by anybody telling you that there is a deep, brilliant allegory here to race relations. Uh, this draws as meaningful a connection to apartheid as the hottie and the naughty does the atrocities at Auschwitz. Uh, naughty and the hottie is a Paris Hilton film, by the way. Oh, um, Jesus. Right. <clears throat> this is the kicker. Dick, 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 nine. District 9 is up there with the most bemusing experiences I've ever had in the cinema. People came out of this film raving about it. I came out wanting to punch myself in the face. Now I've calmed down, and I went to punch them in the face instead. 
<laughs> I, uh, I don't think you've calmed down. <laughs> that's not the way calming down works. Oh, man. That's awesome. And the last words, avoid this movie at all costs. <laughs> Good God. I, I have one for you. Okay, I have another one for oh, you. Oh, do it, do I it, do love, it, do it. I've been meaning to implement a segment like this into Midnight Double Feature. Uh, by the way, this segment is stolen from How Did This Get Made? <laughs> how, <laughs> how, did, how Did This Get Made did this shit. They call it uh, uh, Second Opinions. Um, check out that podcast. It's fucking great, but I love it, man. Listen to this one. So the title is Wanted My Money Back! Exclamation mark. Can't believe people are raving about this movie, probably because some of its scenes are written like a first-person shooter game, which is about as deep as it gets. Come on, guys. Advanced race aliens living in slums, a spaceship that hovers for 20 years, really? And, in quotes, Wickus. <laughs> why, why is that in quotes? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, and, uh, yeah, Wickus. Oh, uh, yeah, You're sure, like, that's a real name. <laughs> and Wickus decides to help one of the aliens only after he figures out that it can be helped by them. Nice. <laughs> good thing they are. Th- good thing they didn't hear him describing how their children are in the larval form pop <laughs> when he burnt them. What the fuck? <laughs> of course, the movie was mainly about men screwing up, and the only female character was weak and not even necessary to the plot, unless you count the pathetic relationship with her husband, Wickus. <laughs> Jesus. All capitals. Yuck! I will I will miss any other films by this lousy group, director, actors, etc. And spend my... <laughs> this is the best part. And spend my time cleaning my bathroom or some other more worthwhile thing to do. Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. I love people. I love it. I love it. We need to do more of that shit, man. I, I would love if the two reviews we read were just two people who went on a blind date to see this movie and hated each other. And they're like, I'm just going to no, no, fuck. Just fuck. I'm just go home and take it out on the internet. Oh, Jesus. Like, they're just stuck slamming their people. I my dick in a hot bowl of popcorn for nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Didn't even get a PJ. <laughs> Um, what do you say you want to do some comments and get the hell out of here? Let's fucking do it, bro. All right, all right. Let's uh well you wanna you got one? You wanna start off? Yeah, I've got well I've got one on Instagram for um from Lazansky Bailey, I think that's Oh Bailey, yeah, I know Bailey personally, yeah. But uh, his name's I thought his so. name's Bailey. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh oh gosh, what a terribly fantastic mo- uh, terribly fantastic movie. It's so bad it's good. <laughs> I don't know if he's okay. He's he he loves his sarcasm, so I don't know if he's being real or not. I don't. Bailey, please please elaborate, mate. Please elaborate. Next time. Um, Simon. Um, oh, I'm sorry. No, that comment's weird. Fuck that person. Uh, Nova Alex eighty nine. Brilliant. Holy film. shit! I just uh, saw that. Like I just saw that comment. No, let's yeah. read that. He's Simon yeah. Simon dot M Smith said, "Stop living in the past and concentrate on the future." What? Right, and I was like, "Is that a quote I missed in the movie?" No. Like, like what happened? I was like, like I, I wanted, I, 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 once I read it, I wanted to be like, you know, we just fucking covered Logan, right? <laughs> you know, we do upcoming attractions every week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> but I was like, maybe I don't know, man. People on the internet are weird. I was like, who Especially knows on Instagram. what the fuck this person? Yeah, right. I was like, who knows what the fuck this person is talking about? Um, but Nova Alexa eighty nine says brilliant film and very underrated. Fuck yeah, um, completely agree. But yeah, 
That's 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 pretty much all we got for Instagram. What about Facebook? All right, man. Facebook. We got a couple. Jose Rivera. Thank you for joining the after party, dude. You're a, a newbie, but your input has been awesome. So thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. He's such a nice guy. So fucking totally, dude. I remember seeing this movie and getting into parts of it. Brackets. The technology and the promise he'd come back to restore Wickus. But I also felt kind of dirty watching it, not emotionally, but like physically. Bugs and junk, go figure. <laughs> it is, <laughs> dude, it is, I, that's something I like about this movie. It's dirty and grimy, man. Like, there is no attempt to clean up anything here. Um, right, it actually kind of feels like Logan in that respect. Like, this desert, amber, dirty kind of filter on everything. Right, but it's also kind of like this sort of like juxtaposition. So like you've got M and U who rolled out in these like clean white vehicles uh against the backdrop of this like slummy District Nine. Like it 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 it's awesome. I love this aesthetic of it. Uh I got one from Nathan Burkhart. I love this flick. Neil Blomkamp has become one of my favorite movie makers. I love the melding of computers and mechanics with organics. That's an awesome sentence. <laughs> creepy and off-putting but fascinating at the same time i love the acting the cinematography the writing all of it such a good movie completely agree nathan um colin are you on the phone like do you do you want to read a couple or not no no no. you go ahead all right well the next two are short so daniel lambert thank you so much i remember watching this movie and thinking that this is pure genius it absolutely is i think man still one of the most unique films out there and our boy clay boyington dude how you doing man he says Fucking love this. Me and my brother Kendall went around calling people prawns for a year straight. <laughs> you fucking prawn. You fucking prawn, you. Uh, all right, man. Give me your closing thoughts on District 9 before we get the fuck out of here. Um, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I like the fact that it's a, um, you know, and, and Blomkamp has said that he wasn't intending to make a movie about race and apartheid and stuff, but I just, I just, I, I don't know. I just don't see how that's possible. Um, maybe it was just so strong subconsciously from where he grew up. I, I do think he's a, you know, he's, he's a sci-fi baby for like first and foremost, but um, this movie, the sci-fi parts take the backseat to what's really going on. And right now what's going on in, in my country and South of the border and people being detained, it's ex like you said earlier, it's extremely relevant now. Um, yeah, there's actually, um, a comparison the other day between, and I, I don't think this is an extremely fair comparison, but it, but it, it is kind of scary was, uh, it was talking about, you know, in the Holocaust them taking jewelry from, you know, from the Jews and stuff. And, and on south of the border, there is like a large collection of rosaries like that they've been taking from people. Um, and it's like it's a huge like hundreds of them. I was like, what the fuck? And I don't think that's a fair comparison because they're not murdering people by the train load and uh, south of the border. But I do see the point of it. And I was like, ah, that is kind of relevant. That's crazy. Um, but I think that this movie strikes a chord. Um, it, str it struck a chord then. It's striking an even bigger chord now. Um, and you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, I, I you know, the, the Nigerian aspect of this where this film gets banned and people start giving it shit is like, you know, there aren't, I, I, I agree with the fact that, that there isn't even like one redeeming like Nigerian character in it. Everybody is a warlord or, you know, they're cannibals and shit. It doesn't paint them in a very nice picture, but the reason why we don't see any of those kind of characters is they're not important to the plot. Like, who cares? Like, I don't care about that character. Like, I don't, I don't, 
I don't need to. I know that not all Nigerians are like this. I don't need to see that painted throughout the movie because I'm not an idiot. I know that not every single person is a cannibal warlord. Like I don't need to see that painted out for me. So I can see why there's a, like a little bit of controversy about it, but at the same time, I think it's completely unfounded. Um, there's a lot of people who say that, that this movie paints Nigerians in a really bad light, <clears throat> and I think those are people just kind of like reaching. They're grasping for something that's not there. Um, I, I, I can see why you would start to have that kind of argument, but at the same time, if you even stopped and thought about it for two seconds, you would realize that, wow, maybe the reason why there's not some incredibly intelligent, nice Nigerian person in this film is because it's not integral to the plot at all. Um, so I, I think that it hits, I think that it hits a lot of stuff. I think it does what a good film should do. It makes you, um, there's parts where downward makes you laugh. Uh, it definitely you really, really, really start to fill for Wickus by the end of this. Um, and I mean, and it really makes you think at the end of the day. Um, and I actually I forgot to say this. I like I kind of like the fact that Wickus has to stay behind almost as like a prison sentence. Like it's like, dude, you've done these horrible things for how, I don't know how many years. And even though it's been unknowingly, it's kind of like I don't know. It's kind of like. Um, like like uh, unintentional manslaughter in a way it's like well you're not completely innocent but you're not you're not 100% guilty either it's so it's kind of like right it's kind of like he's having to serve time before he can have have his shit taken care of um so i think it's interesting in that regard um i would say it's i'm going to say a 9 and a half out of 10 it's almost perfect there's just a couple of things here and there that i would change like that that ending where they're just kind of getting bounced back and forth between the nigerians and the um the mcu uh no i'm just kidding um <laughs> nice. but um no, I, I would change a little bit of that i think some of the special effects they look good they could look a little bit better um and i think that i i think that some of the stuff at the beginning, I like movies that front load that stuff and dump a, lo a dump a lot right at the beginning because I can kind of like catch them. But it's one of those things where you like blink and you kind of miss it. I think they could have spaced it out maybe a little bit more and drip fed it at, at, at all of the right spots. Um, and, you know, kind of like that thing that I was talking about with uh, Chris Johnson, where it's like, I want to see him have his hands dirtied up a little bit more. Like he knows that he, I think we know that he knows that he's withholding information, but I would, I'd have liked to see that confirmed and see exactly, you know, cause then we can't really blame Wickus for when he goes crazy and fucking knocks him the fuck out and steals the ship. Um, I think that redeems Wickus a little bit more in that light, but you know, that, that's just me though. Um, but yeah, nine and a half out of 10. That's a good score, dude. I um man, when I recommended this to you, I was like, man, I'm scared that he's not gonna like it. But um yeah, like that's awesome. I I want to touch on something that you mentioned real quick. So I think it's an outright lie that Neil Blomkamp did not mean to put the uh sort of like apartheid and race stuff in it. Like, I mean, come yeah. on. Like it is so heavy handed. And also if you look at like Neil Blomkamp's next two movies after this, Elysium talks about classism very on the nose. Yes. Very yes. on the nose. And Chappie delves into it quite a bit as well. So like it, it's a thing and it's definitely like on the forefront of his mind. Like you can tell. Um but man, I think this movie is pretty much a masterpiece, man. Like there is like there's really not much I would change here. Like it's just such a fantastic watch. Um it is both heavy 
and entertaining at the same time, which is a very tough balance to strike. Like I always mention this as a as an example. I will I loved Twelve Years a Slave, but I will never watch it again in my life. <laughs> like yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. I wholly recognize that is a fantastic movie and I had a um you know I had a very emotional response to watching that movie, but I will never watch it again. Solely because it is way too fucking heavy. This movie, heavy as fuck, but also entertaining at the same time. So it was it was a pleasure and a joy to go back to watch this movie again, man. Like I hadn't seen it in a while. Um it has aged very well in ten years. Like I, I am shocked that it has been ten years. Like that makes me feel old as fuck man i'm having a, a, a existential crisis over here um but yeah man i i think this is an outstanding movie very well acted very well shot very well paced um and to, for this to be your first movie i i think you're kind of a prodigy at that point right like you're just like holy oh, shit yeah so yeah man really i i recommend this movie to anyone and everyone who is into science fiction even if you're not into science fiction i think this is just a straight up movie uh that you recommend to anyone man i i will never not recommend this movie to anyone so yeah man that's my thoughts i my thoughts are always briefer than yours because like i'm just so like i can't follow that (laughs) i was just like i can't follow colin's thoughts so uh i'm just gonna shut the fuck up and tell him how good i like this movie (laughs) all right man look that's our thoughts guys uh thank you so much for listening to this for listening to this uh feature presentation episode of midnight double feature you can find us on facebook that's uh midnight double feature which is our main page and then we also have the after party which is our group please feel free to follow that and we're also on instagram which is at midnight double feature and twitter which is at midnight uh, at mdf pod jesus christ forgot that one um You can find us anywhere, uh, basically anywhere where you can find all good podcasts, even YouTube. We're on YouTube. Uh, but probably most importantly in this sentence and phrase and paragraph, please remember to rate and review us on iTunes. If you like what you're hearing, then let us know what you like and what you don't like. Um, just please remember to rate and review us. We would love to get some feedback. Uh, Colin, do you have anything else to say before we get the fuck out of here? Uh, no, I do not. All right. Well, say goodbye to everyone. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time. We'll catch you next time, guys. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 